Hi, everybody. It's episode 432 of PodQuest. Hey. hey. Tuesday, November 22nd, 2022. I am Chris. With me is Druton. Hello. And Walnut. Hi, I'm here. Hey, it's almost Thanksgiving. It is. Oh, American Thanksgiving. What are you yeah. guys thankful for? Rich, it's, it's work, right? <laughs> Nothing, actually. I'm literally, I can't think of anything I'm thankful for. Damn, I'm that's 100% depressing. honest. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Drew's supposed to be the Debbie Downer here. Come on, man. No, I, I, like, I've been thinking about it because sometimes on occasion my mom actually tries to do that. Let's go around the table and talk about what we're thankful for. And I don't have anything. <laughs> like, it's all right. You're probably not invited to my, Thanksgiving anyway. <laughs> Trust, look, there's a, so I, I got, I got to whisper this. So I'm going to get closer to the mic. <laughs> But there's there's apparently a birthday party that I have not been told to about on Sunday to celebrate my sister's birthday. So, are they having it at your house? <laughs> n- n- no, no. They no one's told. The only one, the only one who's told me about it is the person who's not supposed to know, which so I assume a, is your sister. Yes. Why so does right she now, know about her own surprise party? Because no one knows how to keep a secret. Is it like is she turning thirty or something? No, she's fucking thirty two. Okay. It's not even a fancy birthday. But Yeah. That that yeah, is no so, reason to throw a surprise party. Who who knows who knows what's gonna happen. I mean here. it's more surprising if it's not a like big number, you know? I mean that's fair. True. But like who who has birthday parties for thirty two anyway? Uh, uh, you're not wrong. True. Like after twelve you don't need birthday parties anymore. I mean I would counter argue it. Like have birthday parties, celebrate birthday parties, but I I don't know. I don't know. Don't not celebrate. Hey, look, at least you will have a Sunday by yourself to play games. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. Because, <laughs> <laughs> look, if nobody told you, then you, there's no expectation for you to go. Yeah, that's where, I'm, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. That's 100% where I'm at right now. Yeah, and if, I mean, hey, if you don't go and your house is empty and you get to just, like, play Pokemon and, like, I don't know, sit around in your underwear. There we go. Like, whoops, you had a good day. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Trust me. <laughs> it's going to be stupid. I know that much. <laughs> we will check in with you next week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of next week, uh, we're only a week away from PAX Unplugged. Yeah. Yeah. I I'd, I'd realized that, like, yes, yesterday uh, we were texting about stuff, and I was like, oh, shit, that's next week, which means I need to put in time for it, which means this... Uh, forced overtime I'm getting, I'm not going to be getting until at least the week after. Because I don't get overtime pay if I don't work all 40 hours. Wait, even if you take PTO? That's You're, you're not worked. That's how all overtime is. If you take PTO, it's not working 40 hours. I will still get the extra 5 hours paid to me that I am working, but it's not time and a half pay. Okay, so to be fair, I have not been hourly where I would get overtime in a decade? Yeah, it's... That's how, that's generally how overtime works. If you mm-hmm. don't work 40 hours, you don't get overtime. So if you end up taking time off during your overtime period, you have to account for that if you want that time and a half pay, which is why like a lot of times when I'm offered overtime, I tend to not take off because it's like, I need to benefit from this at the fullest and get the full yeah. time and a half. Like why work overtime if you're not going to get time and a half? Yeah, that. That is valid and makes sense. I like I said, it's it's been so long since I was in a position where I could get overtime. I don't think I ever yeah. really paid attention to it because before that, like I was retail, like I didn't you didn't really get overtime. Mm-hmm. Like I 
barely got 40 hours, usually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why I worked at the shitty fucking um, grocery store. That place was a ripoff. Was working was working six days a week, 48 hours, but because one of the days was Sunday and you got an extra quarter, um, I didn't get overtime. Were you over 18? Yeah. Okay. You didn't get overtime? Well, I mean, I guess that's your overtime pay. Or... I, no, that's I worked dumb. Eight... You should still have... You should still have gotten... Nope, because I worked, 40, I worked 40 hours at regular pay, and then I worked eight hours at an extra quarter an hour, which but is... Then I, I would have said no. <laughs> I'm yeah, not I mean, working. I'm not working like, that sixth day. Work week is 40 hours, and that's too much already. Like, why, why, why do you force... think I quit there with no notice? Oh, trust me. I get it. I get it. Like, me and one of the other guys there, like, on the same day, we just decided we weren't going in anymore. Nice. Mm-hmm. Which, like, sucked for them, because it was also, like, one of their shipment days, so, like, they had, like, a back room full of stuff to stock their shelves with, but yeah. that place was a shit show, and it was run by a bunch of assholes, so. Yeah. Like, once the, once the one cool manager also left, it's like, this place isn't worth even showing up to. That really, like, unfortunately, tends to be a lot of places. Like, that's, if my supervisor that I had before my current one had never left, I probably wouldn't hate this place as much as I do. Yeah, which, and like, it, is valid. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't have any trouble with any of my bosses at, like, Petco. Um, so by the time I left, like, I was more or less running the store anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, like, the, the store manager, like, very nice guy, like, meant well, but, like, was just so disorganized that it was just easier to do all of, like, like, I made the schedule every week. Like, so I worked exactly what I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. Over, the whole overtime thing is weird. Like, that sucks. But also, like, at least you can get overtime. Like, if I work more than 40 hours, like, I don't get shit for it. The, only, the yeah. only thing working more than 40 hours does, if I'm actually working all 40 plus hours, is it makes getting a bonus easier. Because mm-hmm. we do quarterly bonuses based on, like, points. What's and a like, bonus? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, I haven't, I haven't gotten a bonus. You want to know when the last time I got a bonus was? When? Probably, uh, 2011, no, 20, 2010-ish, a year before I left McDonald's. Nice. Like, I got it, we, we would get labor, uh, labor bonuses if we met labor, uh, our labor percentage or whatever. And so we would get a bonus on that. Um, that was the last time I've gotten a bonus. I've gotten, like, the occasional Christmas gift card. It's not a fucking bonus, because it's a fucking gift card. You can't use all the money, because it's a fucking bank gift card, so fuck you. Um, but I've you never use been... all the money on those? It's, it's, it's very particular how you do that, because you have to know exactly how much is on the card, and you have to tell them that you want to use that much on their card, and then... I, I mean, I've, I have a bank gift card that I got from this place last year that, like, maybe it takes it off, and then you have to do the rest, but generally when it's one of those, like, bank Visa gift cards, you need to pay the exact amount that you have. Yeah, Otherwise, it'll like, decline the card. Yeah, once it's low on balance, you just, like, call the number, you get you get your balance, and then you go into the store, and you'll be like, please put seventeen fifty onto this card, and I'll pay the rest over here. You know how much bullshit that is, though? Especially since I don't go to people who are working at a register. I mean, that's your own fault. Just use it for gas, and just be like, okay, I need six dollars and 42 cents of regular <laughs> I there think, you go i think i think i have like maybe a dollar 50 on it but it's still it's it's the principle of the fact that i'm never going to use that dollar 50 because i'm not going to say hey put a dollar 50 on this card and then put the rest on this one because 
I have a stupid Visa gift card. Yeah, I mean, like, when it's that little, like, that's understandable. But, like, I've been with my company for almost nine years, and this is the first year I've ever gotten bonuses. So, there's nice. that. But, like, I got busy enough that, like, I've gotten a bonus every quarter. And I also got, um, I got employee of the quarter or some shit. So, they also gave me a $500 gift card, which was cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, apparently, if, if you just don't suck at your job, you, they just give you money. Hey. I, Who'd have thought? I'm I'm constantly told that I'm doing amazing work. I've told you guys how I work. And I'm constantly told that I'm doing amazing work, and the company would not be afloat without me and the other two people that work in this department. And yet we still don't get anything like that. I don't know, because, like, from what you were telling us like a week or two ago, you've also been doing the enti- your entire job wrong for months. I'm still being told that I'm... I, <laughs> I, I was talking to my manager today. And I, this is great conversation for, for, for our fans, I know. But, like, I was talking to my manager today, and she's like, yeah, I, I'm telling her, like, look, I used to be able to do 300 of these in the old way. Now I'm barely able to manage 100, and that takes all eight hours. And then the last extra hour I'm getting with this overtime, I'm doing the other part of my job that takes about an hour and 15 minutes to do. And she's like, yeah, I, she's, she tries to, she tried to give me tips on how to be able to multitask. On a service that we're losing access to soon. <laughs> so why should I even bother? Um, and it's like, it, it, as if I'm not running my time properly. It's like, no, it's literally the thing you're making me do is taking so long. And I feel, I, I feel like I'm not doing enough because I used to be able to do three times as much. And she's like, no, you're, you're doing great. You're, you're banging these out. You're work, working them out and getting them done. I'm like, I did a hundred yesterday and we got 250 more today. And you're telling me I'm doing, she's like, you're doing great work and you're doing, I'm like, all right, all right. I would be, I would feel more satisfied if I did it the other way, but sure, if that's what you're saying. So apparently the three of us in my department, we're killing it and pretty much the reason why this company is still afloat, but we can't get in any additional employees and I don't even know what the fuck a bonus is or a raise really. Well, I mean, if you were better at multitasking, apparently, maybe you would get a raise and a bonus. You know, if I multitasked better for the hour that uh, I'm doing things on the system where I could maybe properly multitask, then yeah, I'd get maybe an additional five of these orders done, and that would really save the company with 3,000 that I have to do that keeps adding more and more and more. You know what? Those extra five every day add up. Yeah, I'll get the, I'll, I'll reach that 3,000 in about, um, What's five? Five goes into three thousand six. Uh, what six hundred days? So two, 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 almost two years. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, over two years because you're not working three hundred sixty-five days a year. True. You're only work- let's see, fifty-two times you, five. He, he's also, is- but keep in mind, he is working overtime every day. Well, no, that's that's uh, that that actually. Well, yeah. So the, it would be a hundred and five that I'd be doing each day instead of a hundred. And so, yeah, it would probably still be about two years. So, yeah, in two years, as long as no one decides to pay off their loan early, I'll have been able to complete this task to where the company doesn't lose billions of dollars. Literally, literally billions of dollars is on the line if this job doesn't get done properly and fast enough. So, you sounds like you need to get good. Yeah. But what's on the agenda? Uh, on the agenda, Cobb went to Anime NYC. Then uh, all three of us should have watched Young Frankenstein. Um, and then, Drew, you got to hang out uh, with Beetlejuice. And then we all, I believe, played Pokemon uh, Scarlet and Violet. And potentially, I'll talk to you guys about the ending of Plague Tale. If not, we'll talk about it next week. 
Oh yeah, Drew. Um, FYI, I, th- I threw the Beetlejuice thing on here because I know you went to see that over the weekend. Yeah. I meant to tell you earlier and totally no, forgot about it. I, I saw the list. <laughs> okay, I didn't know if you actually looked at the outline or not. Yeah, I popped in as we were getting set up here. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, Anime NYC was this weekend, 2022, um, at the Javits Center in New York City, hence the NYC. Oh, that's what oh. I mean. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was um, Newark, York Convention Center. The Newark Convention Center in Jersey that connects to the train that goes up to. No, that's a, that's, no. There were sure? so, there are so many different things you probably could have done with <laughs> that, but you, you wait till the last minute to come up with a, with a, a joke and it just didn't work. I didn't think this, I, look, I'm just, I'm just going, I'm, I'm just, I'm just improv here, okay? Um, I don't know anything else that has the, uh, the, 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 the initials NYC, so. You, you could have just made up something. I did! The Newark York Convention Center! <laughs> you could have made up something good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, look, this, I was, I was pressed for time, okay? Well, um, maybe for, if you would have learned how to multitask. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, Rich, you know all of, like, the bad stuff about New York Comic Con? Like, that it was overcrowded, yeah, that there the was nowhere to crowds. stand or sit. There was yeah. literally nowhere to stand at times. Absolutely. Yeah. The, like, the, yeah. Yeah. Food options being mediocre at best. Um, it being impossible to get into most of the panels because the only way to get into them was if you happened to be available at one o'clock on a Thursday afternoon. Yeah. To, yeah. uh, to reserve them. Yeah. Anime NYC actually did all of that stuff better. Nice. That's good. Um, so they definitely have a lower, um, cap. It still got busy. Like, like there, it was still crowded. Um, much like the last several years, um, the whole show just takes place on like that expo floor that like was like the main exhibit hall for at for New York Comic Con. Um, and the way that they break it up, um, and Rich, you'll understand this a little bit better. So the area of New York Comic Con that was all like the like kind of weirdly placed booths to like the far left, um, uh, where like nothing really lined up correctly, and it was a lot of like it's where like the Funko booth was and like the eBay booth and shit like that. Mm-hmm. That area is still kind of that area. Like it's all the odd, like the oversized booths that like you, they ruin the ability to go up and down aisles, but they keep them over there. So it's a little bit less of like a headache. Um, and then as you work your way to the other side of the expo hall where at New York Comic Con, it was all of like the, you kind of went through like the other bigger booths that, but that were a little more manageable until you got to like, like the small vendors until you hit like the far wall. Um, the way anime NYC does it is it still kind of does that into like the small vendors, but then at a certain point, um, there's like a, a break in that stuff. And they usually have anime wrapped cars as like the, um, the break point there. Mm-hmm. And then you hit artist alley and there's like five or six rows of artist alley tables with like legitimate space between them. So that other than like in a few instances where it was just too many people crowding around one booth. You could easily get up and down the aisles to look at things on both sides. Um, and then the, the actual both far walls in like the corners were just food vendors, like selling like, like legitimately good food. Like I had a bento box one day that was like fantastic. Nice. I think, I mean, New York Comic Con had, uh, the, the, the food trucks were pretty solid. Uh, just, I didn't really have a lot of options out there. So, um, as somebody who has eaten at most of those food trucks, they are mediocre at best and extremely overpriced. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, a food truck. It's going to be overpriced. Generally. Yeah, but it's like, you know, there's a grilled cheese truck. The r- plain grilled cheese, with which is just two pieces of white bread 
and some fucking cheddar cheese is $17. Um, the mac and cheese with nothing on it that is bland and flavorless is $15. Like, does my brother work for that mac and cheese thing? (laughs) Um, yeah, it's just like, the, like the, the food trucks are, and like, I think they just have like a deal with the Javits Center because it's the same like half a dozen food trucks every year. Mm-hmm. And like they've been at New York Comic Con before too, but it seems like they have more like restaurants and catering companies that are setting up like small booths on the show floor for this show. Because okay. like, and it, it was all like like Asian food too. So it was all like cooked, like generally cooked there and prepared there, which was nice. Was. Um, was there the fudge booth? There were two of them. Okay. There was one on were... either side of the show floor. Okay, because there was two at New York Comic Con, and I never got any fudge, and I'm yeah. myself. There were two fudge booths. Um, like I said, th- there was one booth that was doing, like, bento boxes, Um, and they mm-hmm. had, like, fish and chicken versions of it, and then they were doing, like, handmade onigiri, which was nice, because onigiri's delicious. It's just, it's yeah. just fucking rice with, like, fish in the middle, yeah. but... um. And then, like, there was, like, a couple bubble tea places and, and some other fun stuff around there. Yeah. Um, but you could get around the show floor, like, the whole time. Like, there were, like I said, there was, like, one or two instances where, like, a booth just had a large crowd, and it got congested around that one booth. But, like, you got around that, and then it was easy to get up and down again, even with, like, hordes of people. Um, they also fixed it from previous years where you had to do a bag check as you entered and exited the show floor. It was back to when you exit, like, the building and come back in. That's when you had to do bag check. Because that was a huge problem a couple of years ago. Um, but they also did the the reservation thing for panels. But rather than it being first come, first serve, they did it as a lottery. So they had, like, four days where you could go in and you could enter for as many panels as you wanted with up to two people per panel. Um, and they just did a random drawing for it. And it wasn't all panels, it was just the big ones, kind of like New York Comic Con did. But, like, at least that's fair. Like, if you don't get it, that sucks. Like, they did have, like, a standby thing that you could sign up for for them that didn't require you to go stand there and just hope for space the way New York did. Um, You literally, like, on their site, you entered your name, and they would send you an email if it looked like there was going to be room for the panel. Mm-hmm. Because they they were sending out barcodes, um, like QR codes, if you got, um if you won one of the lotteries, and they were scanning your barcode, um... So, like, they were loading the, the rooms in between 30 and 15 minutes prior to the start of the panels. So, it was just, like, it, it was nice. Like, like that was super convenient. And I got a bunch of the reservations, but all the panels I wanted to see ended up being all at, like, the end of the night. And, like, I wasn't sticking around till 7 o'clock to sit in an, in an hour-long panel to then have, like, two and a half hours to get home. <laughs> yeah. So, I unfortunately didn't get to go to them. But it was cool that, like, they made it accessible for people. That couldn't just like queue at one o'clock on a weekday and hope that they they queued fast enough. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, though, like it was like average convention. Um, I feel like, and I don't know if maybe Otakon and Katsukon were just the exceptions, but like the one thing I find weird is this one doesn't do any screenings really. Hmm. Like, yeah, like Katsukon and Otakon, they always had like those rooms that all they did the whole time was show like a handful of episodes of like a bunch of different things. It, and like this, this convention is literally sponsored by Crunchyroll. I, it probably has a lot to do with like how it's ran and who runs it, and less to do about like what kind of a convention it is. Like, first of all, that that the Javits Center, where would they do that stuff in? Like, 
it's it's so crowded that Javits Center they might not be able to have viewing rooms, but also like Otakon and Katsukon, at least when they started, were started as fan expos, whereas New York Comic Con or New York Anime Fest, which was originally a part of New York Comic Con. No, 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 no. These are two. So those are two different things. I know what you're th- you're thinking of. There used to be the New York Comic Con and Anime Fest, Anime NYC, not related to that at all. Oh my god. Well, still, like that's probably more ran by like a bigger corp- uh, corporation and less a fan run thing. So that, as far as I know, it is like very fan run, but it is sponsored by Crunchyroll. So like Crunchyroll does put money into it to like get the show to happen. But like the Javits Center has rooms they could do it in, considering like. They don't have all of their rooms full with panels, and they do some screenings. Like they did a screening of a, like the either the first episode or like the first part of some like upcoming things. Um, but like they just don't have like even if it was just like a couple like one or two rooms just dedicated to that where people could just like go in and out like and just like watch something for like a half hour the way that like those other conventions did. I just feel like that that's one of the things that's missing. Um. But otherwise, like, they have a ton of cool stuff to look at. Um, we actually, uh, Jess, um, who, Papa's fiance, was there, cause, um, Inti Creates had a, had a booth there, so we got to see her for a few minutes and catch up with, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt doesn't get to go to those anymore because he doesn't work doesn't, for a company that yeah. actually needs him to travel because they are a US based company, so they have US based staff. Yeah. He happens to, he actually happens to be the Japanese staff for a change. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, um, they also, they did have, um, do you remember the Gundam booth at New York Comic Con? Yes. So they that had a booth was amazing. They had a bigger version at this, which makes sense. Um, yeah. and they actually had two, they had the big, um, I want to say they had the RX 78, if I remember correctly at New York Comic Con, like the big model, like statue. I don't, I don't know. I don't know Gundam that well. I'm I don't pr- know. What per- so what I'm pretty it sure it was like the original Gundam is what they had at New York Comic Con. At this one, they had two of those, what, like, 12, 15-foot statues. Um, one of them was the um, the Wing Zero Custom, the one with the angel wings from Gundam Wings, um, Endless Waltz. And then the other one was the new Gundam from the new show, The Aerial. So that was actually pretty cool. Um, that booth, incredibly popular all weekend. Um, I, I ended up, I kind of ran out of things to do on Friday. So, like, I hopped in the line for it. Um, the line literally, like, at one point in the day, wrapped all the way around the booth twice. Mm-hmm. By the time I hopped into it, it was just like a regular line. Like it, it ended on the other side of the building, but like it just fed right into it. So, like I think it was like twenty minutes to to get in, and then like they just had all the models and like some other stuff. Um, but like people, like I was like walking around there, people were spending absurd amount of money. Like I was watching people carrying like the biggest possible model boxes, like stacked on top of each other. Like they would have like five or six of these things. I'm like. Hey, how are you even getting those someplace? Like, th- those boxes are huge. And, like, looking at some of the prices, like, one model alone in some of those size boxes was $200. And it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, they were giving away a bunch of stuff, though, too, like, based on how much you spent. Like, if you spent 50 or more, you got, like, a pin. Um, and then I think, it, like, you, you got, like, more stuff the more you spent up to, I think, like, three or 400. And then you just got everything they were offering, which was, like, a t-shirt, a lanyard, a pop socket, and, like, a pin set. Mm-hmm. Um, i trying to think what else I saw there that was notable. Um, they did have... 
uh, it was one of the panels I didn't get to go to because it was just too late in the day. But they they did show off some um some stuff for Trigun, the new Trigun they're doing. I didn't know that they were doing a new Trigun. Are they like re- remaking it or whatever? Yeah, um, you should look up the trailer later. It looks incredibly different, like mm-hmm. in like a jarring way where I'm not totally sold on the art style. Um, and I forget what studio is doing it, but like I looked at what they did before, and I don't like their art, but I like Trigun, so I'll probably give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're also redoing Kenshin. Haven't which, they done that multiple times? So they they've done like the movies, and then they did like a um a continuation series. But like the Kenshin creator, I'm pretty sure is a scumbag, and like got arrested for like child porn. So surprised that um Japan of all places is remaking that stuff. Because mm-hmm. like gen- generally, when somebody like over there gets like arrested or anything, like they just get fucking wiped from existence. Like what was I think it was the Yakuza game that um, one of the actors um, got caught for, like, drug possession or something like that. And they literally, like, they removed him from the world. He w- he was the Japanese um, dub voice for Olaf, and they redid all of the Frozen dubs with a different hmm. voice actor. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was uh, like, Judgment, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, it wasn't the main actor, but it was somebody in that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, they they literally pulled Frozen from their shelves and then released a new version of it with a new dub actor for Olaf. Like, they don't fuck around. But, uh, yeah, so they they have those two new shows coming out. Um, apparently, like, Evangelion is popular again. I saw, I saw multiple people dressed up as characters from it, and then they had, like, a big, um, like, a big booth with, like, one of the sides had stuff on there. Um, so they did the, over the last decade, they've released those movies, like, the 1.0, 2.0, 3.0 thing. And the last one came out over a year ago, but it looks like it's just now getting a theatrical release in the U.S., even though it's available on Amazon Prime. So, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I did actually... So, Erica had never seen or knew what Evangelion was, so we did actually start watching it, and she is not sure she likes it, and I can completely <laughs> understand that. I've I've actually never watched either. Um, uh, so, I don't have... I have no no frame of reference on Evangelion. All I know is it's it's weird mechs. Yeah, it, I mean, it. it's also kind of like the archetype for like certain anime character tropes. Um, and I think Ray, which is the um the one girl with like the short like white bluish hair, I think she still is regularly voted as like one of the most popular anime characters of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it's a weird fucking show. Like it's got a lot of like psychological stuff going on. Um. But then it ran out of money near the end, so the last two episodes are just completely, like, unintelligent. And if I remember correctly, they take place entirely inside the one character's mind, so, like, you don't actually see what's going on in the final battle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I watched I watched it once in, like, the early 2000s on, like, a fan sub. So, like, I don't have a great frame of reference for it, but I figured, like, why not give it a shot again? Check it out. There's, like, a new updated dub on um, Netflix that people seem to be okay with so like you know can't hurt right um and rich you might you might care about this a little bit um the creator of attack on titan was there and his booth had a line so his booth was like kind of where um remember the twerking luffy that was at yes yes so it was about luffy luffy can get it luffy can get it yeah that yeah which they they had that same booth on the other side of the convention center, like uh, exact good, same booth. 
Did they have all three? No, so it it was just the twerking Luffy just, at this just one. The twerking because it wasn't it three. Was it three or two? It was two because they had the the big one with the twerking Luffy, and they were playing like the stuff from the movie, and they had yeah. that one there. And then they had the other, like, Viz booth that was, like, what half Dragon Ball, half, um, One Piece, and it had the, uh, the, the ship from One Piece was, like, the big thing in that yeah. one. They yeah. didn't have that one, but they did have, um, the Goku and Vegeta statues that they had at New York Comic Con, but no, yeah. um, Shenron. Okay. Oh, you know what? Actually, I just sent you a picture outside, like, in, like, the, um, kind of the entrance area, like, it, inside the convention center, but not on the show floor. They had these this cool bronze statue of All Might and um, All for One fighting. I believe your wife posted that on Instagram, and I saw it. Yeah, you know what? She probably did. It it was a pretty cool looking uh, statue, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so where that twerking Luffy booth was is where the the Attack on Titan creators booth was. Mm-hmm. Um, the line wrapped like around that booth, and then all the way to the other wall. And how many times did the line end? I don't know because I never found the end of it. Okay, so it's it's the same as the series then. Okay, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, oh, I see what you're doing there. Uh, he he. Fuck apparently, this. I saw something like ahead of time. He apparently like like had some sort of like statement where he said, "I hope people are nice to me." <laughs> I would look like. But so to be fair, this is he is not involved with the anime. It, it's the no. manga creator. Yeah. So like, uh, is the man the manga sh- the manga's over? Yeah, the manga should be over. Yeah, it's been over for a while, and it's the yeah. uh, it's the anime that they just keep dragging on by going like it's the final season part seven. Yeah, which that's just I I I considered adding that to my list to watch soon because like I'm I finally started watching uh, Stranger Things recent season, and I'm like you know what I should I should just catch up with Attack on Titan just to know what's going on. I'm like no fuck it I'm not doing it until it ends. Yeah, I think we, wa- we we've watched seasons one and two. I don't get it. Like, it was, I, I think what it was when it first came out is it was very gory and brutal and like the art style and everything. It was like, it was kind of, it kind of came out a little unexpected. Um, and then the whole like, I try, it was, it was trying to understand what was going on in the world and whatnot. But like, I, I can understand not getting it now. I also, for me, I watched it on Netflix and then was waiting for the second season to come out on Netflix from 2016 to 2020 when I realized, oh, it's not coming to Netflix, it's on Hulu. Well, Um, at least, so I mean, at least you weren't waiting as long as people waited from between the actual first and second season, because I think the first season was like 2012, and then season two wasn't until 2017. Actually, it might have been, might have been 2012. Like, I think, I watched it when it first, I watched it like maybe a year or two after it first came out. Like, I remember seeing things about it at conventions because so I went to Otakon, I went to an Otakon after you all stopped, and I, like, I remember seeing stuff for Attack on Titan, decided to watch it, and then, like, yeah, so it was probably, like, 2013 or 14, until, like, 2020, because I was like, oh, when's the next season come out, when's the next season? And I had other friends ask me, like, when's the next season come out? I'm like, I don't know, I'm waiting for it, too. And it's, oh, it turns out Netflix just didn't get the rights for season two or three. Which seems accurate. Yeah, it looks like, yeah. so season one came out in 2013. And then season two didn't come out till 2017. So there was quite a gap there. Yeah. yeah a- after watching two seasons of it, like, I don't think any of the characters are interesting. I think the world is interesting. Like, it- it's got that I- going for it. I don't think the character, like, the Titan designs are cool. I think the actual character designs are, like, off-putting and I don't like them. Um, 
and just like generally like i don't like i want to watch more just because i want to try and understand why people love it so much and every time i say it to somebody like other than you but like anyone i've talked to i'm just like yeah this is like mediocre at best they're like oh no it gets really good in the next season i'm like you said that after the the last season like when does it fucking get good Uh, so because i'm trying to remember season three like it it doesn't necessarily get really good but it 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 essentially explains a lot in season three and broadens the world and the lore. And then season four, the final season is supposed to like from like a lot of shit happens in the final season, but like the final season's three seasons long right now. So yeah, like it's, it's frustrating, but yeah, like I, I can totally get not getting into it. I have another friend who I've talked to where like, you, I've, I've even said like, yeah, I have a buddy talking about you who said this, and he's like, yeah, when I heard they were making an anime out of Attack on Titan, I was like, how that it's so boring because like they read the manga and like the manga moves slower than the anime does. Yeah, like I just it it is hard to wrap my head around why this show is so yeah. popular when I, like it's got no likable characters and like people are always like, oh, the animation's great, like. One episode out of ten has, like, a cool, like, fight scene in it, and then the rest of it's just fucking boring. Yeah, it's just, I, I can, I can totally understand it. Like, I got pulled in because of the world lore, and then, at this point, it's just finishing up the story. Like, I want to finish the story. Yeah, and that's really all it is. Like, like, the world is interesting enough where it's like, okay, well, why can these, like, half a dozen humans become titans? Like, I'm interested to know what the fuck's going on there, but, like, I don't actually care about any of these characters because they're all just whiny bitches. Yeah. And that's, you'll, you find all of that out. You, like, all of your questions, or probably most of your questions, are going to be answered in the next season, but also, then you're going to essentially raise more questions from finding out some of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's usually how that stuff goes. Yeah. Um, moving on to, to the next thing. Uh, mm-hmm. so we watched, uh, Young Frankenstein for Book Club. We did. Yeah. What did you guys think? That is a Mel Brooks movie, if there ever was one. Yes, it God, is. God, it was so horny, man. I mean, yeah, have you like, never seen a Mel Brooks movie before? I think that's the reason you chose Young Frankenstein is because I've never seen a Mel Brooks movie. No, I mean that I, I was I was being sarcastic. Yeah, um, but like it's like nineteen seventies like, horny, which makes it just funny. Yeah, like because the way the way like I thought about it, like. This was before it was, it was, this was when, like, even having a kiss on screen was, like, scandalous a little bit. So, uh, like. No, we were past that. Like, this is past, but, like. But, like, they, they also mocked that at the very beginning. Like, that's yes. what I felt like he was doing, was mocking that whole, oh. like, oh, we can't kiss, we 100%. can't touch. Oh, yeah. Like, like, this is, this was when, like, that time was, like, kind of rolling over. And so they were mocking it, and it's like that's that's how that that was the writing. And like, it's, it's for someone who has never seen a movie like this before, or one of these movies, or any of Mel Brooks' movies, uh, personally, and it's also someone who is not a big fan of old stuff. This is probably not the best movie to put a Mel Brooks fan into to put somebody onto Mel Brooks movies. Well, you also keep in mind he has not made a movie like from scratch himself. I think in over twenty years. I know. But like maybe thirty wasn't wasn't Spaceballs a Mel Brooks movie? Yeah, yes. but that was ten years after this. Okay, that's honestly I would because I I I think that might be a little bit of a better movie to to have introduce somebody to Mel Brooks. Well, like, I mean, it also depends what you like. Like that that Eric too. Like could, I, when I've I've never really cared about literature or Frankenstein and whatnot. So like the, this story, this it's tale, Frankenstein. Is not really, 
<laughs> at one point, he admits it's Frankenstein. No, I know. But, like, I, I like, I, I never really, like, where, I, I never really cared about this stuff. Like, I'm more into sci-fi, so if you were to come to me with Spaceballs, I'd be like, all right, Spaceballs, great. Um, uh, well, Spaceballs wasn't streaming on anything for free, so. I have, I have a DVD of Spaceballs. A but you've never watched me. it. No, I've never watched it. They, they gave it to me as, like, kind of a joke gift for, uh, Christmas one year because they also knew I've never seen it before. So they gave it to me and I've just never gone around, gotten around to watching it. You should watch it. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But the last movie that Mel Brooks, like, was, like, a creative on was the 2005 Producers, which was a remake of his 1967 movie, The Producers. I've seen the 2005 Producers. I didn't realize that was Mel Brooks. So, I don't know if he wrote it, wrote it, but it says he was the screenplay writer and he was a producer. He did not direct it, whereas he wrote and directed um, the original producers, um, Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, History of the World yeah. Part 1, Spaceballs, a bunch of other stuff, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, Dracula Dead and Loving It. Mm-hmm. And, like, don't get me wrong, I don't think this is a bad movie. I, it's just, it wasn't necessarily my cup of tea. There were a few times that I left... Um, but I just, I don't, I don't know if I really agree with how much it might, if like, if it aged well at all or not. I just, I like, there, it got, it got to a point where like, I watched this during my lunch break and then continued watching it after my lunch break. And it did get to a point where I was like, I kind of don't really need to watch this. I can just listen to it because it's not very physical. It's not very like on screen comedy. It is a lot. More oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dialogue, I mean, that, yeah. dialogue heavy film. That, like, I could work and treat it as a podcast, essentially. Yeah, and, like, other than, like, a handful of things that, like, the, like, the on-screen stuff matters. Like, when he, when the, when Igor is going to get the, uh, the brain. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not watching that scene, you don't realize that the brain he picked up says abnormal. Yeah. Um, which you then don't get the joke when he tells, um, Frankenstein so- that the brain belongs to Abby normal. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like after they got to that point, and I kept watching. I was like, "All right, there, there might be bit jokes that I might miss if I'm not watching." But like, I think I got the full experience of it, even not paying a hundred percent attention while doing some work. While yeah, like Mel Brooks movies are definitely like they they are generally funny because of the goofy stuff and because of the writing. Yeah, yeah, and it, this it totally felt like they they treated this like a cartoon because like that the the abnormal brain like bit. That is something I expected to be in a late eighties, early nineties cartoon for kids. Like, and it's they did it in the seventies, like, and they did this uh-huh. in the seventies because it's like they just straight up were like, "We're going to tell our audience exactly what's going on because we want to treat them as dumb as possible so that they totally understand it, don't have to think about what they're laughing at. They just have to laugh." Um, I mean, that's is- how comedies of the day kind of did it. Yeah. But so apparently he actually um, Mel Brooks on the 40th anniversary of the movie um, said that he considers it his finest film as a writer director, just not his funniest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can I can yeah. see that it definitely it definitely wasn't his his funniest. And I've only seen two things of his. Um, it was a it was a fine film, like it was a good film. It's just not necessarily something I would really ever think to sit down and watch or sit down and watch again. And, like, frankly, you saw the inferior version of The Producers. I love The Producers. You should watch the original. Is it available anywhere? Probably. Um, but it's, it is almost word for word the same movie, 
but it just hits a little differently because it's based well, like but, it happened in the 60s so like, like will farrell's character is like a nazi but not like a real nazi and i'm pretty see, sure you see it doesn't have nathan lane and matthew broderick though no but it's but got it fucking have... zero mistel and gene, gene wilder, wilder. <laughs> but nathan lane and matthew broderick gene wilder nathan lane gene wilder is funnier than nathan lane yeah. it's not don't get me wrong I adore Nathan Lane. I think he is amazing in things. Um, he he is one of the best side characters in that show, Only Murders in the Building, and is anytime he was on Modern Family was fantastic. And I mean Timon, right? Mm-hmm. But like Gene Wilder. Look, I only have two experiences with Gene Wilder. Man, I I don't watch old films. You should. I mean, but like Gene Wilder and Willy Wonka is better than anything Nathan Lane ever done. False. False. No. Not I, you know, that's a that's I, a tough one. I think I might agree though. I th- I think I might agree that like Willy Gene Wilder as Willy, Willy Wonka is more iconic and like just better I, than like anything like, that I have personally ever seen Nathan Lane in. To your point a minute ago, Cobb, Nathan Lane is an incredibly great side character. He is not like really built for being a main character in anything. That's true. I don't know that I've really ever seen him as, like, the main character, other than the 2005 producers. Right. Like, all the things he's great in, like, it's he's the smaller bit role. Yeah, that's true. Mouse Hunt, though. Like, come on now. Really? Yeah. Blazing Saddles. Was was Gene Wilder in Blazing Saddles? Yes. I I don't know. I'm pretty sure he's in, like, almost all of Mel Brooks' stuff. Up to More. Young Frankenstein. I think that might be the last one he he did with him. Actually, was this? Oh yeah, he was in that Richard Pryor movie. See no evil, hear no evil. Yeah, and Gene Gene Wilder w- was fantastic though, and so is Nathan Lane. Like nothing against Nathan Lane. I also I always forget Willy Wonka is as old as it is, like 1971. God damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But Drew, what did you think of Young Frankenstein? Because I don't think you'd ever seen it before either, right? No, I had not. Uh, honestly, I kind of agree with a lot of what Richie said. Like, I, I found myself kind of getting distracted and not always watching it, but listening to it, especially like the last half of it. But it, it's definitely still very funny. Like, it is a Mel Brooks movie. You either are going to enjoy his humor or absolutely not. That's yeah, that's that's true. It it's got quite a cast too. If like you actually like like look at some of the people in it, like um, I mean Gene Wilder and um the the monster is Peter Boyle, who was um the dad from Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, okay, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, and then um uh, Cloris Leachman was um was like the the lady that um Frau something or other. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she was like the lady that lived in the castle, like the caretaker. That was right. apparently like Victor Frankenstein's girlfriend or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then the guy who was the, um, I'm trying to find him on the list of characters here. Like the, the police constable guy, Inspector mm-hmm. Kent, um, Kenneth Mars is like one of those guys whose voice you're definitely going to know. Um, he was the voice of Littlefoot's grandfather in the land before time. <laughs> okay. Up to 2008. Um, and then he was also the he, the voice of King Triton in The Little Mermaid and its sequel. Oh, wow. Um, and then, did you guys ever watch um, Malcolm in the Middle? Yes. Yeah. Do you by chance remember the season where the oldest brother 
um, worked and lived on that, like, dude ranch farm after he ran away from um, military school? No. Rich, ring any bells? Uh, I'm sorry, what was that? What would you say? Um, do you remember the season of Malcolm in the Middle where the oldest brother, after he left the military school, worked on, like, that, like, dude ranch for, like, a season or two? Yes, yes, I do. Um, so the, the police guy was the, the owner of that, um, that dude ranch. Okay. Um, and then just a bunch of other people, like Gene Hackman was in this fucking movie. Was he? Yeah, he yeah. was the blind guy. Oh, right. I didn't yeah. realize that was him. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, like, you probably remember Gene Hackman looking, like, a very specific way just because that's Gene Hackman. But, like, you also know him from, like, the 80s and 90s more so than the early to mid-70s. Yeah. So, yeah, just a lot, lot of names of people that, like, aren't necessarily still out there making movies or in some cases, may no longer be alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, th- this is, Young Frankenstein is one of my favorite Mel Brooks movies. Um, I think it's just one of those, like, I saw it when I was much younger, so it, it just kind of, like, stuck with me more. Um, I think Spaceballs is actually my favorite, but I also just, I like sci-fi more than, like, the old-school monster movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, like, a lot of his other ones, like, Rich, you might actually enjoy, like, um, uh, uh, fuck, uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. I've, uh, I have been shamed by a lot of people because I've never seen that. And not, like, legitimately shamed. But, like, yeah, I've been told by a lot of people that that is an amazing movie and you have to see it and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, like, very I, funny. Yeah, I have not seen it in a very long time. But, like, it, w- it was at least in the last, like, 10 to 15 years was the last time I saw it. And, like, at that point, it still held up pretty well. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know. Oh, shit. I just realized Gene Wilder apparently has writing credit on Young Frankenstein with Mel Brooks. Doesn't surprise uh, me. Yeah. Yeah, but when was Robin Hood Men in Tights? So it was 93. And, like, it had um Carrie Ellis, or however you say his last name. I've never actually heard somebody say his name out loud. The Dread Pirate Roberts. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Chappelle is in it. Like, way before Dave Chappelle was, like, Dave Chappelle. Uh-huh. Yeah, that that's a good one. I don't know that it's actually available on anything, like, for free. But it's definitely, like... You would probably enjoy that one enough that like it's worth it's worth your time. Mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart is fucking King Richard in it. Oh yeah, forgot about that. Damn, I, I might I might watch uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights soon because it's a good movie and I, I I'm like looking at stuff where I'm just like right oh that's right this movie is great but yeah um either of you have anything else you want to say about Young Frankenstein? No, I think that's that covers no, it. It wasn't. It, it was it was solid. Yeah, yeah. T- if you've never seen it before and it's like it's not up it's not exactly your cup of tea like I could understand it not like being the movie you want to go watch every year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at least at least you're getting exposure to the genius that is Mel Brooks. You just have like a dozen more movies to watch now. Yeah. Um but with that, uh Drew, did you have anything you wanted to pick? Nah. All right, Rich, what's the next uh, book club pick? Oh man, part of the reason why I've been a little aloof is cuz I was trying to figure out what to pick next. Man, you need to come to this shit prepared. Man, I have a list of movies, but uh, I don't. You say that every time it's your turn, and then when it comes when it comes time to pick, you're always so uncertain. Yeah. Well, uh, two of them, I, a few of them, I don't even think are available anywhere. So we'd have to, a good number of them are rental movies or movies that I'm just like I don't want to do horror right now or whatever. Um, and then some of them are subtitled movies, so it's like it's literally. Most of them are movies you guys aren't going to want to watch no matter what. So I'm just trying to figure out 
what in this list we can watch or what in this list I'd want to watch. Uh, and I was even going through Hulu to see if there's anything. Because I could have swore there was something that I recently saw somewhere that I was like, oh, I should bring out for book club. And Rich, to remember. be fair, most of the movies that, that you're into, Drew and I are not. So, like, if you want to pick something that we're not, that we don't want to watch, like, it's not a big deal. Also, to be fair, almost no movie is a movie I'm going to want to watch. So, like, it really doesn't matter. Unless maybe it's Mel Brooks. You seem to not be opposed to Mel Brooks movies. Oh, I mean, I'll watch a Mel Brooks movie, but. <laughs> well, I mean, this just, this just proves that Druton doesn't, doesn't like anything that's older than 1985. Or younger no, he than liked, 1985. He, no, he, he likes, uh, Men in Tights. That was 1993. We just talked about that. So then 1993. Yeah, oh, NHL 94. All right, 94. That that's was also 1993. I know, I was, right, I was just trying is. to confuse Rich. Um, well, how about this? Drew, what are your thoughts on Dracula Dead and Loving It? I haven't seen it. Okay, never mind then. That that was the that was his next movie after Robin Hood. You know what? Let's let's check this. So there's a a, a recent it's th- it's almost 3 hours. Um I mean, look, man, at this point, everything recent is going to be three hours. I know. <laughs> is it I, subtitled or is it in English? It's subtitled. It's Man. It, oh, well, no, it might be. It might be. There might be a dub. There might be a dub. Hold on. Let me check. Yep. I mean, you you, can, you, you love can, watching subtitled stuff. I You can watch it in English if you want. It's, I mean, it came out on, uh, it came up on Netflix, uh, or not Netflix, on Hulu. Um, and it's the trilogy is a franchise about the beginning of India's first original universe. And the movie is called Brahmastra Part 1 Shiva. It's a two-hour, 48-long movie. Um, you can watch it in English. It's subtitled or dubbed. I don't know. It looked pretty interesting when I first saw it. But like I said, it's like three hours long, man. But it's is, recently just came out. Or is it like just actually dubbed in English? It says you can watch it in English on Hulu. Like, if you click details, it says watch in Hindi or watch in English. Oh, yeah. Look so. at that. There, There's just an... It literally just says English. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, man, if that's the weird shit you want to watch, like, might take me a few sittings to get through a three-hour movie, but I'll watch a three-hour movie. I mean, that's, that's, if, if, it, it's, like, it's, it's that or it's another comedy, but you guys are probably going to have to pay for it, but it's probably not half as long. I'd it's, probably watch the comedy. <laughs> so then, then we'll do, we'll do the comedy then. So this is, uh, uh, I've, I've actually talked about this to you guys in the past, and originally you would have had to rent it or buy it from their website, but they have a deal with Amazon, so it's available on Amazon. It's a movie called Birdies. It is a... Drew, you actually might like it. It's a sports comedy um, about people who own, like, a, a golf course. Um, now, that they're trying to, like, make it better. It's an indie film. It is... Uh, one of the actors is um, this guy named... Uh, uh, I don't actually know his real name. I just know his name on the YouTube channel, but his name is Derelius on the Neebs Gaming YouTube channel. And so that's how I heard about it. This is all indie filmed, I believe, in South Carolina or North Carolina or one of the Carolinas. And it's something I've been wanting to watch and never got around to. And I brought it up to you guys a while back. Um, I do remember this. And, like, the only way to watch it was basically on a website. Yeah, you had to buy it from their website and they would essentially, they would have, you would have gotten the VOD. And, but at that time, to buy it was $5. Now it's like to buy it on Amazon, it's 15 or rent is 5 or whatever it is. So it is yeah. only on Amazon. You have to rent it on Prime or on, on Amazon video. Now, what if I ha- accidentally watched Caddyshack instead? Do you think they'll, um, <laughs> do you I don't think, think they would line up? Gonna, I don't think they're going to line up. 
I mean, if you want to do Caddyshack and Birdies and compare and contrast them, <laughs> no, it's because you're going like high tier versus indie. You don't want to do that. But I don't know how good or bad this movie is. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at the synopsis for that other movie you said, Walnut, and that movie looks like it sucks shit. What? The, um, the, 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 the Hindi Mastra? Yeah. Yeah. That, that yeah. movie sounds like it would be three hours of absolute garbage. Birdies does have 345 reviews and it's got three and a half stars. Yeah. It's, it's, getting, so it's at, like, it's, that's not awful. It's solid reviews. Like, and like, honestly, it's a shame. I know a while ago you had pitched that RRRR movie. Mm-hmm. And like, apparently that's a very good movie, but it's like, it, that, it's over three that's, hours, right? It's also three hours long, yes. And like, it's not dubbed. And I just, I don't no. think I could watch a three hour, like, subtitled movie. Boy, India really likes their incredibly long movies. Yeah. Well, you have to remember that a lot of these movies also have like 15 minute, like, song and dance numbers, like, spread throughout them, so. I mean, not all of them, but some of them. The no, wild thing about, uh, like, India films, Indian, I don't know if it's gonna be like, uh, well, Hindu, if it's in Hindu, it's India. Uh, Indian films are, there are no animals in the film. Oh. Any, any animal you see in an Indian film is CG. Because That's they have weird. laws again, they have animal rights laws to not have animals in movies. Huh. It is illegal to have an animal in a movie. Okay then. Yeah. Um, so. And that's like, that's some of the like wild stuff that you might see in those. Like, their budget, the, the animal ni- might not necessarily look that great, but it, they also have a high budget to make the animals look as good as possible or just not have animals in there. And I know RRR has a bunch of horses and some lions, or some tigers, not lions, has some tigers and stuff. Do they um, have bears also? No, I don't think oh there's my. bears in India. Don't think there's bears in India's, in India. But yeah, so birdies, it's on Amazon. High def rental is only four bucks, so uh, you can easily rent it and, and watch it. It's um, an indie film. Nate Panning is the guy from. There are four uh, species of bears in India. Are there really? Yes, I think it's Nate Panning is who the the Asiatic black sloth, sun, and Himalayan brown bear. Uh, Birdies is also free on Tubi. Is what the free fuck on is Tubi? Tubi? It's it's a viewing app. Like you can there's there's a lot of stuff on Tubi. Like it's kind of like a TV app too, isn't it? I I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it also looks like it's free on Plex. Apparently, Plex just has built-in like streaming. Oh, and uh, you um you don't even need to sign into Tubi to watch yeah, it. No, you yeah, no, I just, I just went to it and it just loaded up an embedded player with the the hour and forty five minute long movie. Yeah. Yeah. So. So you don't even have to pay the money for it. We so that that's that's what we'll do. And you know what? Let's do this and Happy Gilmore, right? Happy Gilmore was the golf one. No. I'm yeah, so we'll I just mean do, it was, but yeah, we'll just do But if, if we're watching another golf movie, we're watching Caddyshack. Like <laughs> Though, don't get me wrong. Happy Gilmore, funny movie. Caddyshack, funnier movie. Mhm. Uh, but oh. yeah, it is, it is the, the character who, uh, or the, the actor, Nate Panning, is the one that I know from the YouTube channel. He's Duralius from Neeps Gaming. Okay then. Um, so yeah, uh, in two weeks on December 8th, we're gonna be talking about birdies. And, uh, for now, Drew, how was Beetlejuice the musical? I liked it better than the movie. Really? It, uh, not even close, honestly. I don't think but- I've ever seen the movie straight through. Wow. I've seen bits and pieces here and there, but I don't think I've ever actually like seen 
like the whole thing at once or entirely with bits and pieces. I but I've know I've seen a lot of it. I know I've seen the ending a few times too. I mean, the movie really good. Like uh I guess I think it was 2 years ago Sarah and I accident did a unintentional um shit, what's her name? The Winona Ryder? The, yeah, we did a accidental Winona Ryder uh double feature cuz we watched Beetlejuice and Heathers back to back. I liked Heather's more than Beetlejuice, too. He- Heather's is fucking good. <laughs> you know what? Like, Winona Ryder had, like, a-, a stint in the late 80s, early 90s, where she made a lot of good movies. Yeah. But, and then um, she did nothing for a long time and stole things. <laughs> yep. But no, the musical was really, really good. I-, I-, I think I enjoyed it more because it was, like, more explicitly a comedy. Like, mm-hmm. it- well, one of... I've listened to the soundtrack of the Beetlejuice musical. Mm-hmm. And, like, isn't their first song, like, this is a comedy about death? Th- basically. This is a show about death. This is a show about death, yeah. Yeah. So, like, they f- emphasize that, like, that is the main first song is, like, just so you know, this is about dying. So, yeah. it's... Now, it, it, is it, like, a... Wa- so good. Is it mostly, like, a one-for-one to the movie? Um, pretty close. Uh, I think all the characters are the same. But um, there's a lot more latitude for uh, Beetlejuice to improv, because Beetlejuice multiple times breaks the fourth wall, and no other character in the show does. Oh, that's cool. Like, he, for whatever reason, had a guy in the front row on the other side. Uh, We were sitting on the left-hand side uh, in, like, the fifth row, and... It felt incredibly close to the stage, so that was cool. Um, but there was a guy on the opposite side from us in the front row that Beetlejuice just like kept pointing out and making jokes at, like <laughs> it, it, you know, be things about like having a bad sex life. And we go, this guy knows what I mean. And, <laughs> and like after the like third or fourth time, he was like, "All right, come on, stand up, everyone! Everyone, give this guy a round of applause for being such a good sport of me picking on him all night." And, you know, uh, at one point he asked if there were any kids there, and there was a kid right, like, front and center, and um, he was like, okay, it's time for a puppet show, and starts talking to the uh, the handbook for the recently deceased, and then throws the book into the fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, actually, like, very early on, when uh, the couple that owns the house dies, like, they fall through the floor, like, there's a... Uh, like a trapdoor sort of thing? Yeah, well, it's like an elevated spot that raises and lowers, like, okay. throughout the show. And so, like, you know, a, like, blanket or whatever got put down there, and then, like, they stomp on it and fall through. Uh, then Beetlejuice comes back out, and he's like, calls for the book, and it drops from the ceiling, and it hits the floor, or it's, like, supposed to hit the floor, and then he picks it up. When it dropped, it hit the floor and then bounced into the hole. And it was like, oh shit, <laughs> there went the prop. <laughs> but in uh, the like uh, one cabinet of drawers on the far end of the stage, they ke- they keep a spare book. So like he had to like acknowledge the fact that that mistake happened, and he was like, oh well, this is why we keep a spare. <laughs> Which is actually like I feel like that's even funnier. Yeah, like and you could tell it was a hundred percent unintentional. Because then he like he goes gets the book out of the the drawer, walks back to the middle of the stage in front of the hole, and 
drops the book on the floor and then picks it back up and then continues on. Mm-hmm. But like the songs were good, the sets were really cool, the costumes were really fun. Like I don't know, it was, it was a really good time. Is it is it the original cast still? Uh, it is still Alex Brightman, the original Beetlejuice. I don't know if the entire cast is the original cast or not, but that was, it was still Alex Brightman, which is part of the reason why we were like, okay, let's go see it. Cause it ends in February, I think. Mm -hmm. And he's still there. So we were like, okay, we're going to go do this. A voice, a voice like his, like no one else can do Beetlejuice. So like you you got, if you're going to see it, you got to see it with him and as Beetlejuice. Yeah, and he, like, actually has, like, a medical condition that lets him be able to do that voice. Yeah. Eight nights, or eight performances a week. Oh, wow, really? Con- yeah, Con- he ever- has a weird thing with his vocal cords that, like, lets him do the, like, weird growly raspiness without, like, actually doing damage. They actually did a video of, they put, like, the camera down his throat and had him, like make the noise and show what is happening with his vocal cords that doesn't normally happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's weird. Have you ever uh, listened to the soundtrack, Cobb? No, I don't, the listen, I don't listen to musical soundtracks. One of like, these I have nothing days, against them, I just don't listen to them. Yeah, one of these days, or, or like after this, whatever, just listen to like one of the songs with him in it, um, and just so you can like hear how he sings this part. I'll consider mm-hmm. it. It's, I will probably I mean, takes, forget, but I'll consider it, it. It just takes two seconds. One, it's but, a two mi- two minute song at the end of this recording. Let's be realistic. By the time we're done bitching about Pokemon, I'm gonna forget all about it. <laughs> By the time you're done bitching about Pokemon, okay? I meant the royal we. You're just you're you're bad at being critical. It's fine. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless well, it's a Mel Brooks we'll movie, then you just fucking bitch about the whole thing. No, I mean, God, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it, but. Um, but no, that, that, that sounds like it was probably a good time. Yeah, no, it was a very good time. Like, I would definitely recommend if people can afford it, cause it's probably, it's not cheap, but mm-hmm. I would say it, it was so fun. Is that like the, is that a popular enough show that it'll like tour? Uh, actually, yes, they are doing a tour. It's coming to Philly next year, and we were considering going to that, but when we got the 500 free dollars to SeatGeek, and it was like, okay, well, Let's go see it with Alex Brightman still, and just make a whole day out of it. That's yeah, that's valid. Yeah, the like Broadway stuff super expensive, but yeah, if you don't have to pay for it out of pocket, why the fuck not? Yeah. Um, but I guess uh, if you don't have anything else to say about that, do you want to move on to Pokemon? We can do that. All right. So Pokemon Scarlet and Violet came out. What was that last Friday? Yep. Yes, on Friday. Yes. Um. Rich, I, you have definitely put the most time into it. I'm, I'm about 25 hours at the moment. I am around 10 at this point, I want to say. Mm-hmm. I'm at, like, 3. Are, are you still at the point where you had, like, just gotten to, like, the major city that the, that the school is in? Yeah, I have not touched it at all today or anything. Yeah, that's fair. And, like, you were not home on Saturday, so it's not like you were playing it then. Nope, and we didn't get home till like, 4.30 on Sunday. So, and then I was, I was doing PFL stats all day yesterday. Of course you were. Um, so Rich, at 20 hours, um, where does that actually put you in the game, like, without, like, spoiling anything? I have, uh, didn't I tell you? you Yes, but I am asking you for the recording. 
Well, no, I I was saying that because I was trying to figure out who I said it to so that I could remember. Oh. And read it off. You mentioned it yesterday, but I don't know if you've gotten any further than that. Where where, where yesterday? Um, Was it before or after we were talking about the board game place? Dude, you're asking the wrong questions. I have no idea. Um, Because I I, I don't... I, I don't... I don't... I don't know. I've done a lot, man. What is it? Jesus Christ, why can't I find it? I guess it was way before we were talking about the pizza place. Or the board game place. Um, it's, no, we're on the 17th. Did you send me a, a message? Just me oh, and you? Yeah, it was in it was in Discord. Oh, it was in Discord. Okay. There we go. That'll probably... It was, in, it was in the gaming channel of Discord. I tagged you and yeah. said, how far are you? Yeah, so... Um, let's see. As of yesterday, which I, so at, um, it's, I'm, I'm actually, after yesterday's stream, it's, uh, four gyms, four titans, three starfall streets. Um, what level does that put you at? Do you know? My highest level is about 40, maybe 39, but my lowest level is like 16 because I'm working on, uh, uh, adding more to my team or whatnot. I have caught 144 Pokemon as of the end of yesterday's stream. Um, in total, or my Pokedex has 144 caught, not necessarily 144 Pokemon in my boxes or anything, but... Yeah, but, like, including, like, evolutions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 144 caught. Um, I am about halfway up the map. I'm north of the crater at this point. Okay. Um, and so I'm going into, like, there's the, the lake area and the ice area that's up top north of the map, uh, on the northern part of the map. Uh, I have one gym for that line, plus the last gym is going to be the Psychic Gym, because that's like a level 50, 40 or 50 area. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, f- I have, I'm like more than halfway through the prepared content, or the, like, not the, re- I call it prepared content, not story content, because like, I don't really know how much further they're going to go beyond these items with a story or whatever. Obviously, you're going to go down into the crater. Obviously, there's going to be more stuff like that. But who? that's probably going to take place after you get the rest of the stuff done. So I don't know, like, how much further story-wise there's going to be and whatnot. But probably more than halfway through. Yeah, no, that that seems accurate. Like, those, ga- <clears throat> those games, usually you cap out in, like... Not cap out, but usually by, like, the late 50s, early 60s, like, for, like, level-wise, <clears throat> is usually around where, like, you're hitting, like, endgame content. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. you, you're probably approaching that. Um I am I've done two gyms and one Titan. Mm-hmm. And I think I've I've caught somewhere between thirty and fifty Pokemon. Okay. Like I, I've definitely spent more time running around in the wild oh. just catching shit. That most oh, I mean, obviously. Like it's you're not gonna spend a lot of time doing the gyms and like the story stuff and the content for like the Starfall like, the Starfall stuff probably takes the longest out of all of the content. The rest of it they are, like, 10, 15 minutes each. But, like, the Starfall stuff might take you upwards of, like, 20 minutes to a half hour, depending. Um, but, yeah, it, you're, you're obviously, it's, I get lost in this game. Constantly. Not, like, literally lost, but I'll just go and just start catching things and fighting things and just looking around, like, what's over here? What's over there? And just exploring more often than not. So, let's do this. Drew, since you've played the least of it so far, what are your, like, overall impressions, like, like, like the, the, the pros and the cons, like, that sort of thing? I mean, I don't know. It felt pretty Pokemon-y so far. Like, 
I guess the, like, no wild encounters or, like, random encounters is fine. Like, because there's more than enough Pokemon around to just be able to keep battling. So many Pokemon on screen sometimes, man. Uh, so, and actually, Richie, I remember you during your first stream mention a thing about, like, being able to aim where you're throwing the Pokeball. You can. It's just kind of not great. It's a little janky. Well, yeah, but then, like, they did, like, one of the first times, when you go talk to the people at the Pokemon Center, they'll give you, like, here's a random tip, and one Mm. of the things was, like, oh, push the L to, like, target a Pokemon. I'm like, oh, well, fuck. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's, you, you push L, but then, like, you still have to pan the camera, like, it won't automatically target a Pokemon. And, yeah, it it does not always pick up the Pokemon either, regardless of how close you are to it. Agreed. Like, it definitely needs to be better. But, but honestly, if the Pokemon's on the ground, just run into the Pokemon. It'll actually take less time to get into a battle if you just run into the Pokemon. Oh, so, yeah, no, for sure. But but here, here's the thing. Targeting on... definitely helps with tree and whatnot yeah. Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> but not only that, if you throw a poke, if if you start a battle by throwing a Pokeball at it, um, you have a chance of starting the battle with initiative, basically. So if, if, if you, you get two it, turns if... before the Pokemon gets a turn, assuming you catch yeah. it off guard. Yeah, you have to throw it at its back. No, you can throw it at its front as long as you are far enough away that they never got the question mark over their head. Uh, I guess so. Like, I've, the game I've says if I mean the game, the game like one of their tips is if you throw throw a Pokeball at the Pokemon's back, you, you catch it off guard and you get an extra turn. Like it, it, it might be true of the front. I, I don't. I haven't tested it. I haven't. I mean, the game's really a little too much attention to it. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. But yeah, so Drew, I guess like you've really only like had that very small open area to sort of run around in before like. Yeah, I mean, I spent five hours in that area, though. I literally, when I first started, I spent probably a good three to five hours in that area. I spent, like, two, maybe, and then went into the city to, like, see what was going on in there. And then they're like, oh, yeah, do this school stuff, and now you can just go wherever the fuck you went. <laughs> yeah. there. At one point, I was, like, I was exploring, and I it was there was, like, a wall, and this was in that starting area. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to get to be able to ride Coridon. So, you know what? And I saw an item on the other side of the wall. I can't jump over the wall. I don't know when I'm going to be able to get this. So, I'm not going to go back for that item because I had, I'd have to walk all the way back around to get it. I'll wait. And then somebody in my chat who's who's beyond that point is like, just go into the city, dude. You'll get you'll be able to ride it immediately after. Just go to the city and do all that stuff. I'm like, but there's so much to explore. And he's just like, dude, you've been outside too long. Go into the city. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I can't imagine, like, having done that first area any more than I did. I already felt like I was way overpowered for the stuff that was there. And... But remember, Richie's a completionist to an extent. Well, like... I mean, I, I, I want to I wanna catch all the Pokemon and, like, I want to explore everything. And that's, that's what it was like. I just, I was getting, I was getting lost just exploring. I was like, I would go and then I'd see something else or I'd see another Pokemon or I'd see an interesting area. And so I would just keep going or, like, Oh, there's a sparkly item. Oh, there's a Pokeball item. Oh, there's a shiny. And I just kept going. Yeah. Uh, the one other definite positive upgrade is the access to your Pokemon box from anywhere. Did they not have that in Sword and Shield? Not that I remember. You needed to go to a Poke, Poke Center. Okay, but I think they did have it in Arceus, right? Um, no. 
you needed to go talk to somebody. You you could still do it while on the field, but you needed to talk to somebody. Right. To you had to go to the person, and the person let you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. For, yeah. for some reason, it felt like a thing that I'd been able to do before, but I think I was just thinking of Arceus, where you could just go talk to the person, like, at one of the camps, and mm-hmm. there were enough camps, and traveling around that map wasn't too bad. Yeah. Um. No, I didn't think they asked this. What versions did you guys get? It sounds like, Rich, you got Scarlet. Drew, which one are you playing? No, I got I got Violet. I just keep calling um my Pokemon you call- Karidon because... Instead of Miraidon? Yeah, because they're stupid names, and I don't really I mean, care about those Pokemon. I mean, Mirai means future, or I, like roughly translated. Future. I I hate these legendaries. I a hundred percent hate both Miraidon and Kuridon. I don't care about them. Like I only got this version because I knew more people were getting Scarlet than Violet. Meanwhile, I think they are fine legendaries because legendaries are always kind of dumb. Yeah, but Drew, which one did you get? Uh, I'm playing Scarlet. Okay. So Richie's got Violet, then you and I have Scarlet. Yeah, um, I uh, literally, I think it's it's like for every two people that got Scarlet, one person got Violet. Or well, I I think I know at least four other people who got Scarlet, and maybe one other person who got Violet. So I wanted Violet, but um, Erica also wanted Violet, so I let her take the Violet copy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also bought the double pack, and Sarah's gonna play Violet whenever she gets around to it. She didn't care which one, and I was like. I'll play Scarlet then. Yeah, like when I told Erica the colors, she's like, "I want Violet." I'm like, "Okay, fine. Let me let me just double check. There's there's nothing like particularly cool that's only available in Violet." <laughs> yeah, none of the version version exclusives seemed particularly interesting either way for me. Yeah, like that. That's kind of what I saw too. Like there were a couple mm-hmm. where it's like, "Oh, you know, whatever." Like like I would probably not end up using that Pokemon anyway, so it being exclusive to the other game isn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rich, what, what are your kind of like pros cons so far? I'm, I'm having an absolute blast playing this game. Um, I like it's 25 hours in four days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And Monday was only about, what did I get? Four hours on Monday. So like we're, we're over 20 hours in three days. Um, my, I, I haven't really ran, apparently there's glitches all over the place. I ran into one glitch in total. Um, I maybe I guess you could technically say two because sometimes when I I finish an encounter on a hill, the 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 camera will clip behind my Pokemon and I can see through the world. I don't that doesn't bother me though. It just happens. Um, but like I had one glitch that forced me to restart my game, and it wasn't even like a game breaking glitch. I just had a um, what's it called? I had a map icon stuck on my screen. So whenever I would look to, like, the southwest, there would be that map icon. Besides that, I haven't ran into any major issues. I haven't ran into any major glitches. I haven't ran into anything that caused me to, like, have to stop playing the game at all or anything like that. I And I've been having a blast. I love a lot of the Pokemon selection I love. There's a lot of Pokemon in this game that I want to get. Um, I'm super disappointed with the final evolutions of all three of the starters. Oh, yeah, they're um, all fucking terrible. I, I took... Um, uh, um, uh, uh, the cat. Sprigatito. Sprigatito. Just because I hated it the least. Um, and because I could name it Tuxedo Mask. I also took the cat because it's final evolution typing. Oh, oh it's, it's, uh, uh, typing. that sounds interesting. It's, it's, it's grass fighting, right? No, it's grass, grass dark. Grass, grass dark, yeah. Which um, I think, which, isn't that the same thing that they did with, um, it's the same thing they did with, with, it was with, just, with, it was fire dark? Yeah, yeah. 
but that one was the heel Pokemon. This one is the magician. So it's um so some of its final moves and 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 in its final form are pretty sweet. But like yeah, I was disappointed with the with with the starters finals. Um, I ran into one Pokemon. I I hope this is. I hope they either fix this. I hope this wasn't intentional. Um, I can't remember its base form name, but it's a little spider coming out of its web. Like its web was built around it, and so it's just like its legs are little yellow legs. It's got, coming it's out got of like the the big white puff thing on top. Yeah, that's the the yeah. web. Yeah, it's like in the very first area, and then its evolution mm-hmm. is this cu- fucking creepy Spy, like spy dops. It's like a a spider robot thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a glitch or anything with the game. If this was, this was an error, literally the base form of that Pokemon, the little spider one, takes twice as much experience to level up than any other Pokemon in the game. Weird. Yeah, because I didn't use any other Pokemon in the game besides that one for my first like ten hours because I was trying to level it up, and everyone would get half the experience, but their bars would go up the same amount. Huh. Literally, and they were all anything that was equal level or close to equal level would get the same amount of experience, and I that was so frustrating because like I want to use something else. I haven't used Sprigatito since I got him because I've been leveling up this guy. I haven't used Fletchender since I got it because I've been leveling up this guy. And like I want them all to be the same level, but they're all the same level because he takes twice as much experience. Yeah, I kind of got rid of that guy like right away, so I never realized that. Yeah, I I liked him. Um, I I I wasn't a fan of his. I like I don't think his final form is terrible, but I just wasn't I wasn't fully sold on his final form to be part of my team. Um, so I ended up getting rid of him. Uh, for uh, I switched him out with uh, a bulb tad bulb, which is a lightning bolt tadpole, or not a lightning bolt, a a, a uh, light bulb tadpole. Um, who evolves into Belly Bolt. Guys, just look up Belly Bolt. He's adorable. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't, I, I, I'm, I'm liking it. The one thing they, Game Freak really needs to, like, get their shit together because they have a lot of optimization issues. Um, render or, or animation distance, number one, first and foremost. Oh, yeah, it's bad. They, you, you, within, if they're, if any NPC, and not necessarily Pokemon. Pokemon are generally animated pretty decently. But any NPC or any, like, building or anything in a distance that moves maybe, I would say, away from a 10-foot diameter of you, or 10-foot radius of you, drops in animation render distance. And then go beyond that, it gets worse and worse and worse. So, like, I 100%, I, I feel like Game Freak really dropped ball in optimization, as well as... I also think the Switch just isn't really as powerful as it needs to be to run this game. No, and, like, that is both on Nintendo and Game Freak. Yeah. Like, Game Freak should, like, this game was obviously rushed. Like, Game Freak released two full-size Pokemon games in less than 12 months. Whereas, normally, they have a year and a half minimum between games, and it's usually, like, the mainline game and then, like, the, the third game or the remake. So, but in this case, like, while they didn't do full development on the Diamond and Pearl remake, I'm sh- they were definitely involved in it to some capacity. And then they released Arceus, so that that came out last November. Arceus came out in January, and now um, Scarlet Violet just came out last week. Um, they rushed this game out. It was, a, it's a thousand percent was not ready. 
and I don't know whether it was Nintendo or Pokemon Company that pushed it, but, like, they let this game out with a lot of just performance issues. Like, Rich, like you were saying, the game, like, the game itself is actually a lot of fun. Like, there's a lot of good pieces to this game. Um, I, I don't know, did you finish Arceus? Or you finished most of Arceus, I think, I, right? I, credits rolled in Arceus. Right. So, I think there's a few things that Arceus did that they did better that mm-hmm. I wish this game had. Uh, they they really a hundred percent need to optimize how quick you can change out your po- your lead Pokemon because well, to have to open up your menu to switch up out your lead Pokemon when like say for instance me I'm trying to level up Pokemon so I'm going back and forth and whatnot and like they need to be make it so that I can easily switch out to a different Pokemon uh, like when I'm out in the overworld instead of having to open the menu go to my Pokemon go to the one I want press Y and then close the menu yeah like. like the- this is very much a, the two games are being worked on side by side, and they did not have the time or probably desire to try and fit in the things that worked in Arceus, mm. because of how far along this game already was, and yeah. they were probably crunching very hard to get this game out in November, um, judging by, like, the state that it's in, um, but I don't, I don't know what your agreement would be to this. I do wish that, that you could catch Pokemon in the, in, like, the open the way you could in Arceus, um, I think that was just a really cool mechanic. I understand that it was probably difficult to do, and this being a much more open game would have probably added, like, another layer of complexity that maybe the game couldn't handle. Um, so I'm, I'm like, 50-50 on that. I don't hate it. I don't hate the fact that we have to go into a battle, because I would say probably a good 85% of the Pokemon I am battling, I'm catching with my first Pokeball. Without even trying. But, like, it's that 15% that is a pain. But also, like, to take away the EV leveling of your Pokemon as you play through the game when you're trying to catch Pokemon. Like, it, it this this one, since Legends Arceus was always meant to be single player, no battle, no competitive. This one is now going to be meant to be competitive and be used in competition play. EV leveling, like, you're going to be getting into battles. But and so, so, to, so, to be fair, though, if you think about it, you could battle any Pokemon in Arceus too. Yeah. And like, I'm not, I don't do competitive. I do not give a single fuck about EV training. Yeah. Like, I, I know what EV training is. I have no idea, like, what my Pokemon's EVs look like, and I've never cared. So yeah. like, that for me means nothing, but like, I understand that like, there are people that go about and do that. And it would just be nice if like, I could play the Arceus style, even if like, other people just don't want to. Yeah, I guess that's why I said I'm like I'm 50. Like I did like being able to catch in the open world, but I also missed battling at times. Like I really did miss going into a battle and fighting a Pokemon. Like and because also the Arceus style required you to catch multiples of Pokemon based on yeah because of the way that which, they did the Pokedex, which is why it was good that you didn't have to battle every Pokemon to catch them. Um, whereas like I catch myself. Wanting to power up my Pokemon and level them up, but avoiding battles a lot. And so it's like, it, it is like, all right, I need to like get out of my head to dodge the things that I had in RCS because I was just catching them and I didn't want to fight. Now I'm like, I'm the opposite. I want to level up to create my final team. I need to fight, but I'm also, I've been in some areas where leveling up Pokemon just wasn't working. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, I personally, I have always kind of hated the, ran- like, and I know they're not random encounters, but, like, the wild Pokemon battles, 
Like, mm-hmm. I don't have fun with that. Like, fighting a random Pokemon and getting it down to a sliver and catching it, like, for certain Pokemon, there's, like, a certain level of excitement to that. Like, I found, um, like, very early on in, I think, the West Side, um, there is a Vespa Queen floating around that's level 25. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I found her, like, that was significantly higher than my level. Um, in fact, I could not catch her like that until I got the first gym badge that lets yep. you catch up to level 25 Pokemon. Um, but, like, that was a fun battle because, like, it was, like, there was strategy and stuff to it. Your normal wild Pokemon encounters, though, were fucking boring versus, like, the trainer battles. Like, I enjoy the trainer battle side of it. Agreed. So being able to just, like, sneak up on a on a Pokemon that, like, I haven't gotten yet and, like, take a shot at it by just throwing a great ball and seeing what happens. Awesome. Um, I've, I, after, after 25 hours... There are a lot of Pokemon that you get a lot more experience from battling in wild than you do from battling in a trainer battle. I mean, that's fair. There's, there's I a lot don't... of time. There's a lot of time where I'm not getting the experience needed to even get near a level up with a Pokemon that's five levels lower than the Pokemon I'm battling a trainer for. But in that same area, I will battle a wild Pokemon and get a level up each time. Yeah, and like that's fair. I, you and I have very different play styles too. Like you switch out your team at certain points, and like you don't really finalize a team very early. No, um, I, like I, you're talking about, like you, you're 25 hours in, you still haven't finalized your team. Yeah, I have three of six right now, and it's um, only because like uh, Masquerada, uh, Masquerada is. I started with them, so I have to keep them. Bella Bolt is adorable, and I can't. I don't actually know its real name because I named it Minecraft. Um, he's just overpowered, so... Yeah, like, I have... I had five out of the six before I went to school. But see, that that kind of... That kind of brings it down, because there's so many more Pokemon that you're gonna encounter as you're traveling through the world. That, like, you're not gonna switch out? You're not gonna level up? No, I'm gonna stick with my team that I'm... That I'm emotionally invested in. Are you really emotionally invested in them, or did you, Absolutely. are you just settling? Are you just settling, huh? No, I legit... So I had, um... Early on, what did I have in my team? I had the the little bug that you, that you find like very early on that turns into um one like the moth Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And then fuck, what was the other thing I had in my team? I'm drawing a blank now, but I I had that and something else in my team. And then like I had just gotten the the, the little bug to evolve into the moth, and then I had caught um a Fido, and I wanted a Fido because it's a fucking it's a dog that's made out of dough. It's it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Um. And I'm just like, oh man, I need to pick somebody to like get out of my party. And I'm, I like, it, it was honestly like, it, it was like a long moment of like reflection of like, I'm probably not going to use the bug all that. Oh, Lechonk was the other one. I had a Lechonk and I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to use this goofy truffle pig. This little guy's great. And I never fucking used him because he's normal type. And like, there aren't a lot of instances where like a normal type comes in clutch. So like, he was the one I got rid of when I finally found a, gr- a grass, a grass Pokemon. Mm hmm. But, like, I stopped and thought about it. I'm like, you know, I could probably go through this game without a grass Pokemon and keep this LeChunk that, like, I've had since level 3 and is now only level 16. But, like, have you encountered a Capsa Kid yet? I don't even know what that is. Capsa Kid is... is Capsa Capsaicin. He is a hot pepper Pokemon that evolves into Scovillian, which I believe is fire grass type, is a two-headed Pokemon that's uh, a pepper, a hot pepper, and it's like, it looks, I, I'm like, I want it, but I have a fucking grass type already. I'm like, I can't, I I, I, I have this, like, as much as I don't like the, the, really, the style, I'm like, I started with this Pokemon, and that's just my thing. Like, I, I always use my starter as my final team for the Elite Four before I change. 
Um, and so that's what I'm stuck with, uh, Tuxedo Mask until, until I beat the Elite Four. Yeah, like, I, I usually lock in a team very early. Um, most, and most other, like, other than Sword, I never really put a lot into catching them all either, because beyond Generation 2, it was just, it was too much of a chore. Mm-hmm. Um, Sword and Shield made it, like, reasonable, because to this May of most people in the fucking world, apparently, they got rid of, like, the national decks. So you only had the ones that were available in that game, and as long as you had somebody that, like, you could do, like, online trading with, like, it was completely reasonable to get all 150, 200, whatever were in that game. If, if they turned around and told me that I had to catch over 1200 Pokemon, I would say, fuck you, I'm probably just not playing this game. Yeah, like, ex- but, like, I also, like, I generally don't mind not filling out the whole Pokedex if, if, if it's a chore. Like, I'm playing because I want to get my team of six cool little dudes, and I want to run through, and I want to wreck a bunch of people, and then I want, I want that screen at the end that says I'm the fucking champion. Mm-hmm. And that's all, that's all that matters, and, like, that's why I, I lock in a team early. I lock in a team of a bunch of little dudes that I think are cool. Um, I don't necessarily, like, just because I kept the, catch them first doesn't mean that they're going to be in my party. Like, I caught that, um, that spider thing that we were talking about before, and I just, I wasn't feeling it, so I put it in a box. Yeah. Um, but, like, I tend, like, you know, like, I catch six Pokemon, and I leave those six in my team until, like, I find the next one that I want to, like, cycle in until I have that team locked in. Well, um, and that's, that's generally how I go as well. It's like, I, I catch and catch and catch until I find one, until I find the ones that I like. And, like, I'm halfway through, and I'm like, all right, I haven't really, the last three haven't really stuck out to me of what I wanted to use. And, like, I am, like, I, I thought about Fido and, or, or, or Mast, uh, Mastiff. But, like, I'm like, I'm gonna hold off on those ones because obviously I'm gonna make a dog team, which sucks because there's three fucking dark dogs in this game. Um, so I'm just gonna be dark overload. Um, so yeah, it's, it, I'm like, I'm gonna hold off using those until I have my dog team ready. So I, I don't know what to do next. So I mean, I'm, if it makes I'm you just... feel any better, I'm very torn on what to do about a flying type. I have a Fletchender, I believe is how you say it. The, the Fletching, mm-hmm. Fletchling evolution. Yeah. Um, but I also started with Foycoco. I don't need two fire types. That's a fucking liability. There's, there's, there's a lightning bird Pokemon. Um, oh, uh, I, uh, I know. Corviknight's in this. I've um, caught three other bird Pokemon already that I could easily switch to, but like, I like my little Fletchender dude. Like, I've had him since the beginning. He's, he is my second strongest Pokemon after Foycoco. But that's a mm. being other Pokemon. Use a new that's- flying type. I, I don't really know if there are any new flying yeah, types. Yeah, I haven't found any new flying types yet. There definitely are. I have not found one yet. Because, like, like, the Fletchling was in the starting area. Usually when there's, like, a new flying type that's in the starting area, and Fletchling was the starting area flying type. I mean, um, I don't know if it's a, like, three evolution thing, like your Pidgey. Well, well yeah, I mean, there's, um... The one of one of the Titans is 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 a new flying type. Like all of the Titans are new 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 typings or new new Pokemon. Um, and one of them is like uh, uh basically a stork, and so it drops rocks out of its little sack Ka- that it carries. Ka- there's li- there's literally a flamingo. Oh, there's a flamingo. So I never saw the flamingo. Erica found one of those. I thought that I just assumed it was um it was unique to Violet because she well, found f- it in the in the opening area, and I never saw one. How far exploring did you go into the opening area? Did you go all the way to the back? I mean, I wandered a bunch of it, yeah. Like, like I, fa- you- I found a bunch of water Pokemon. 
When you crossed the bridge over the lake right before you got to the very first town, did you turn right? Yeah, like, I went, I followed, there? like, that river down onto, like, that beach area and stuff. Because that's, it would, it would, I think it was there, or maybe a little bit further up, there was a hill that you could have gone on. They, yeah, like, where, I, I saw a bunch there, but. That's where I, I caught the wiglet. I don't think Flamingo is uh, version specific. No, if Drew found them, then they're not, because he yeah. has Scarlet also. Oh, no, I didn't find it. I just know it exists. Th- th- there's also a bird with a pompadour called oh, Squawkabilly. Yeah, uh, Squawkabilly. There's there's three types of them, three different colors of or four, four types of them, four different colors of them. I've got two. I've got a blue and a green. I can't. I haven't seen the others. I actually, maybe, you know what? Maybe I caught one of them last night, and I thought that they were from a previous generation, and I just was not impressed with it. I mean, it looks real dumb. Yeah, that's what I said. I am emotionally invested in my team. That is how I play Pokemon. I don't give a fuck about about EV training. I just give a fuck if they're a cool little dude. I mean, I like I get that, but it's also I don't know. I I uh, I I I'll get invested with my team early on, and I'll, I like I had a Lechonk. I liked it, but then like I caught other stuff that I liked. I mean, and, and that's so I switched. That's why out. I had to get rid of Lechonk because I liked my whole other team. I needed a Grass type. Um, but I feel like you're just setting yourself into like just like a hole right now because like you got six that you got in the starting area and like there's there's 400 pokemon in this game are there that many at least that's annoying um but i also like i don't want i don't want to grind there are so like i do not like the whole oh i found this pokemon 18 hours in and it is 10 levels weaker than me so i have to go grind a whole bunch to get it caught back up then use evolution items or or experience items. Yeah, but then they're weaker. I mean, that's yeah, that's the hardest part about ha- like like these games is you use those items to get them to your level, but then they're weaker because they're not EV trained, and that's that's what I'm dealing with because that's what I to get them close get what I'm evolving right now close to my current level. I use the items, but they're still I'll, they'll get a, a a super effective attack on a Pokemon three levels lower than them, but only do half the damage. Because yeah, they're not EV trained. Yeah, and it's one of those, like, if, if I came across something where I'm just like, oh, man, this dude is too cool not to use and, like, would fit my team well, then, like, yes, I would totally swap them out. But, like, that just so rarely happens in these games that, like, I'm fine not swapping them out. Because inevitably, after I finish the game, if I want to actually, like, ex- like try and finish the um the Pokedex, that's where I start, like, swapping my teams out and, like, going and exploring because... I'm going back to the other areas to, like, scour for anyone that I may have missed. Um, so I need to, like, seed my team with, like, lower levels and stuff like that. And then also raise those lower levels so that they'll, they'll evolve and I don't have to go try and find their evolutions. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I guess, so other than, just to kind of get back to, to the track I was on, um, other than the being able to try and catch them, I also, I do wish that we could run away the same way. I really liked in Arceus the ability to like move around during battles and to just literally walk away from them if you were just not into it. Yeah, yeah. Instead um, of having to select run away, but well, that again, I've had I've had quite a few instances where I did not intentionally get into a battle. Some of these Pokemon are just too fucking tiny, and the pop in is horrendous. So then I'm riding on um Kyridon, Ky- Kyridon, and um just accidentally bump into like a little fucking Pokemon. And then get told four fucking times that I can't run away. Mm-hmm. And it's like, cool, I have one of you already. You're not worth fighting. I just want to run away to go do the thing I'm trying to do. 
and I fucking can't. <laughs> and in RCS, I literally could have just walked away. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, also in RCS, you wouldn't have gotten into that fight to begin with, because, like, if you ran into a Pokemon in Arceus, they would just attack you. Like, they exactly. Would, of course. Which but, like, it, and that's, that's, like, because they didn't have that whole system set up and wanted to use it in this one, and they forced, like, the battle sequences instead, it, you have the, the button push run away. Like, I do, I do want, I do wish they had, like, the just run away, or made the moving around battles a little bit more open than just, the camera, the camera work on the battles just isn't good. Oh yeah, no, it's it's, it's constantly in a bad sp- in a bad place. I mean, you um, can move the camera, but even even if you move it, you can't really get the full battlefield unless and, like, it's it, like a it tends to battle. recenter itself in a bad place. Also, yeah, it's always recentering right behind your Pokemon. But yeah, like like those those two things aren't like they don't ruin the game. I just the it's two things I wish this game had that Arceus had. And it almost makes this game feel like a step backwards. Um, for like, for like the things it does in the right direction from Sword and Shield, it's like those couple of small things make it feel like a step backwards from Arceus. Um, where like so far in the little bit I've played, I have not hit anything where it's like this game is doing it better than Arceus did. I'm sure there, there are things. I just have not gotten to them yet. Uh, there, I mean, it's the, there's, it's, the world is open. Like, that's, that's the best thing. That's something they're doing worlds better than Arceus. Pretty much any of the other Pokemon games is how open the world is. It's like, there's no forced loading. There's no, like, remember, remember in Arceus where if you wanted to go to an area, you had to talk to somebody, go to that true. area. Yeah, that's true. And you, if had, you, you had to go back to, to the hub area, then go to the yeah, new area. Exactly. Like, they don't have that in this. It's, you can just go anywhere. And that's, like, that's, they they really built a solid map, in my opinion, to intrigue you to like what's over here. Like they skyrimmed it really well. So we're like, yeah, let like, me look over here. Let me look over there. There might not be anything there, but the way they built the map or the way the map looks is like I feel like I should check that out. And there are like the ten ten like the ten wonders of Paldea, which are like ten different areas of Paldea that you can go explore. And it's like. One of them, one of them is like the, uh, the, was your first gym, the, uh, the bug gym? Yes. Where, by, by the olive fields? Yeah. Like the olive fields is one of the wonders. And to, like, get it market, market that you went to the wonder, you need to actually climb a plateau and see it from above the plateau. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Now I gotta figure out oh, where yeah. the other and wonders are. So I never, I never got that. And I ran around that area a ton because I was like, climbing all the different like mountains as as best as you can and mm-hmm. i was spending a lot of time like trying to jump onto things that i probably wasn't supposed to make it to but yeah. like at one point i managed to jump across the river onto the other side which like pretty sure i wasn't supposed to get there yet because everything was too too tough to fight um but i still ran around there and i caught a couple of things just barely and then pieced the fuck out before i actually like passed out yeah um yeah, and so, so yes, you're right. Actually, the open world is really good. I think the the con to that though is the game is optimized so poorly that it it doesn't run well with that open world. Like it's very choppy. I said before, like I don't often notice frame rate drops. Like if I'm playing like like on a, like a game on like PS5 and like it drops below 30, but it's like 25 or whatever, I don't generally like notice that enough to like make it like a problem. This game fucking drops to like single digit frames regularly. Yeah, I mean, I've I've noticed them. I like a handful of times. Like I I don't I I've noticed them quite a bit. 
Yeah, um, like it, some some of the scenes. I think I might have said this in in Discord. I don't remember, or it might have been in, on Facebook Messenger. Um, like there have been multiple scenes where the characters look like old school Bass, um, Rankin and Bass, um, like Rudolph the Red Nose Re- Re- Reindeer, um, claymation things, like because they're moving so janky. But that's that's animation distance. No, no, because this is this is like, me right on top of them. Because you 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 were talking about like that scene where in in the in the school you mentioned that where it's like they're they're like I've seen I've seen that scene where you're in school you're introducing yourself and whatnot and everyone is looking up towards you and the people further back their feet are kicking inside outside and there's no actual sway to it it's just inside outside inside outside. No, I'm and not talking it, about just like the way it looks from far away though. Like the the two kids that made it jarring for me were the two in the front row. Because all all the kids that were moving were moving in the exact same way, like th- there was no like um, AI to their movements, so they were staring ahead, they were blinking in unison, and their feet were going back and forth in unison. But it was very, very like um like claymationy, like it, it it was very jittery and just it, it looked really bad. And the same thing happened during um the grass gym when you have to go find all of the sun flora, um. And during the bit in the cave where you get attacked by the herd of hound yeah. hours, <laughs> when, um, when if the game has more than ten Pokemon on screen, like it, I noticed it with the sun floor, like the the frame rate drop, I didn't really notice it with the hound hound hour, um, uh, a frame rate drop during that scene, but I definitely of, noticed it with the uh, with the sun floor. Out of curiosity, just I'm, I'm curious how you're playing. Are you watching it on your computer that's being cast, or are you watching it like on your TV? That is then plugged into your PC. No, it's plugged into my the, my switch is plugged in directly to my PC. Okay, so you're watching like the capture on your PC, basically. I, I guess. Okay, it's... I was just curious. Um, like, because I'm just wondering if like if the video quality if that uh, impacts the video quality or anything at all. I have it. I have it set. Actually, I had it set for resolution mode, but my stream was very janky when I had it set for resolution mode. Oh boy, Over. was it. <laughs> for four, I, I'm. Thank you for telling me during stream that it was janky, though. Like I did not know that it was janky. Right, I mean, you don't see that. Yeah, like I did. I didn't because know if that was the stream was janky or if that was just the fucking game. <laughs> no, it was the stream was janky. Like if somebody had told me that it's constantly skipping, I would have stopped stream to figure it out. I, I also like I had the stream on without and was like listening more while I was, like, cleaning and, like, actually, like, downloading the update and all, and letting my Switch charge, because it was dead dead. <laughs> so, like, I wasn't watching a lot, but, like, that uh, that scene where you first meet the Legendary and you're going through the cave, Jesus fucking Christ, that was running at, like, three frames a second on your stream that, at times. That was, that was stream. That was all the stream. Okay, yeah, like, like the the actual game runs at least ten frames a second. <laughs> like, well, no, like my I wasn't experiencing any issues in the game at that point, leading up to that. Like, it I didn't really experience too much like frame rate issues until I got to the open world, like until I got outside of the school. Yeah, no, that uh, yeah. For, that was that is definitely where it hits the most. I was noticing some minor stuff like in the area before the school city. Um, but nothing like once I got into like the east and west sides, um, especially because like there are just there's a lot. This is actually a cool thing that is unfortunately impacting the game negatively. Um, 
I really like how the Pokemon seem to like herd up. Um, mm-hmm. and at a certain point, once you get a little bit deeper into it, they herd up, but they're like following one of their like next evolutionary stages. Yeah. Like, yeah. um, I, f- I forget the name of it, but it's like the little blue and black bird Pokemon that's kind of round that then turns into like a larger, like hawk like blue and black Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like early on when you first find those guys, they're, um, they're just the little guys all by themselves. And then, a little right after the grass gym, I found a bunch of them that they're they're all just flocked around the, their middle stage evolution. I'm like, that's actually kind of cool. Like, yeah, yeah, that is cool. Um, and it's it's one of those things where that's where that lock on comes in handy when it fucking works. Because I already have the little guy, I can go catch the the middle stage if I can get close enough and have it actually lock on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just so you guys know, Zora and Ditto. Um, they, they do not look like themselves in the overworld until you get into battle. Who? Zora and Ditto. I don't know what Zora is. It's the little fox dog little dude that evolves into Zorark. He's a dark type. Um, oh. He, oh. Yeah, he has the ability, um, Mirage or something like that, where he can make himself look like a different Pokemon. Um, him and Ditto, they use that ability in the overworld. I, I saw a clip of the Ditto as a drift limb in going around on does it, TikTok. Does it look like Ditto with just the dotted eyes? Or, well, no, I mean, it limb, looked like a drift, drift limb. Drift doesn't, doesn't have drift limb, but it doesn't have eyes. Yeah, it does. Does it? Pretty sure. I, I, I've never noticed. I honestly forgot, I forgot the little Zora Pokemon existed. Yeah. Yeah, Drifflin has oh, red yeah, eyes. He's, he's got the little dotted eyes that are next to his cross. Okay. I'd have to double dot. check, but I'm pretty sure the thing... I, I mean, it was a video on TikTok of someone's, you know, yeah. capture. Because I was uh, running around um, outside of Port Miranda, which is where you go if you're trying to do the water gym, and there was a ditto. It was showing on my map. I'm like, all right. And I'm running around, and I do not find this Ditto. And I remembered in both in Sword and Shield, Ditto was super fucking small. So, like, I'm looking, and I'm like, I can't find this Ditto. I then am getting ready to do the, the Poison Starfall Street, and I see a Pineco. And I throw my Pokeball at it to go f- to fight it so I could try to catch it. And I look away, and I look back, and there's a Zora on my screen. I'm like, what the fuck? Why is there a Zora? That was a Pineco, wasn't it? And somebody even chat was like, "Yeah, that was a Pineco. That's now Zora." I'm like, "Oh right, Zora has the Mirage ability. That's which oh, is actually that's... pretty cool." Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, so that's where Ditto is. Um, and then I googled it yesterday just to be sure afterwards. Um, yeah. Like, oh. I do think this game has a lot of charm to it. I think, like I said before, I think it was just rushed out and it's very, very janky. Yeah, I, uh, they're they're hopefully patching an issue for the data leak problems. Yeah, so I, you've actually mentioned it a couple times. So th- this game has a known memory leak, which basically yeah, means the done. game never releases things from memory until the game restarts. Or I think the, the uh, I think the other quick way is to just go to the the city, go, right? Go in the school, I think specifically. Right, because I think that is one of the few times that the game loads a new zone. Yeah, it's a different map. Um, so yeah, if you if you go into the school, that should dump everything, or just make sure to. Every time you're playing, just to close the game, like yeah, I mean, I will say like my game has like been running janky enough that like I have just like closed the the game and restarted it a few times while playing, mm-hmm. 
just to try and get it to run a little smoother. Yeah, and, and, like, and it, it, it tends to fix it. Like, it tends to... It does, but, run. like, that's a, that's a major fucking issue yeah. for a game that's going to sell hundreds of millions of copies. They're, Nintendo is giving refunds to some people. I've seen online. Some people are getting refunds for the game already. Wow. Um, yeah, so... If, I mean, if you're definitely not down with it or whatever, you could probably get a refund. Some people were saying they got a refund within an hour after, like, complaining about it. I don't, I don't specifically know if they got to keep the licensing to the game or whatever, or if, like. Probably not. Or if, like, they, they cut it off their Switch, but Nintendo is giving away refunds to people who are requesting them because the game wasn't up to their expectations. Um, I, do I 100% agree that this game is broken enough to where it, like, refund, like, like, what, how am I trying to say this? Do I think this should, this is in the state of, say, like, uh, Batman Arkham Knight, or whatever one it was on the PC. Or Cyberpunk? Or Cyberpunk? No, I don't. This game runs. It works. It, does it have issues? Yes. Are they, they say they're working on fixing that. I, I don't, I don't think this is a, I don't think, but I also haven't ran into any major issues besides really one. I don't think this game is in a state to where, oh, it's so broken, I need my money back. No, I but don't think it's... I, I will say, for $60, as the biggest Nintendo release of the year, um, this game should have been treated better. Yeah. Um, I don't... And, like, I don't know whose fault it is. I don't know if Game Freak just is understaffed it's... to do a game for, like, a console that is, like that requires more resources than what they are typically used to from handhelds, or if it's the Pokemon company is not giving Game Freak the resources and the budget to do something. Like, there's a lot of poss- possible, like, reasons why it's like this, but, like, I think, like, if Game Freak's gonna keep making this type of Pokemon game, like, they need to staff out appropriately and, like, work with Nintendo maybe a little bit more to, like, be able to utilize that hardware, because, like, Actual Nintendo released games are still running okay on the Switch hardware. Um, there's definitely the argument that Nintendo should probably get around to announcing a new console since the Switch was already kind of outdated hardware when it released. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know ba- the Bayonetta 3 apparently runs pretty shitty on the Switch also. That's not surprising. Um, to the point where like a lot of people are like, man, I wish they'd release this on PC so it would run better. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, um, what the, uh, fucking sparks of hope that game looks nice and runs really well like when i was playing it but that's like a like nintendo was heavily involved in that i imagine yeah it's 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 wild because like nintendo knows how to optimize these games to run perfectly on their system but they're not giving anybody like the tips or the tricks and letting them know and they're it's kind of killing them because of it's killing nintendo because i i think it was on your discord that i said it's kind of like naughty dog with sony hardware like, Naughty Dog is good at milking that hardware for everything it's worth in a way a lot of other developers that are developing for the PlayStation are not. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what do they know how to do that, like, these other teams don't? And, like, is Game Freak and Pokemon Company, like, going to Nintendo and asking for, like, details on the hardware? Or are they just fucking winging it and hoping for the best? Are they, like, still developing this, assuming it's a, it's a, um a handheld game, and they just don't actually know how to, like, size it correctly for her. I mean, like, I, wouldn't be too shocking. <laughs> according to, to to Wiki, I don't know how they got this number, there's only about 169 people working at Game Freak. 
Which, that's totally possible. Which, honestly, and that's I've, a lot of the problem. I don't think they have the staffing for big AAA titles like these. Like, but they Especially make- getting two releases out in a year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. And, like, they only make Pokemon, really. Like, every once in a while, they, they, they release that other one random game that no one plays. Mm. But, yeah, like, it, when they're releasing one Pokemon game every two and a half years, three years, however often it usually is, yeah. then, yeah, like, not a huge deal. But, yeah, when they're releasing two and a half games in less than 12 months, like, that's not enough staff. Yeah. And plus, to add to that, how many of their, uh, like, concurrent, like, mobile-type games, like Pokemon Quest or the, um, uh, like, games like that, like, their mobile... I don't know how many other there are actually them, but, so, like... I don't how think many Game Freak's them... involved with any of that. Um, that's all the Pokemon company. Oh, well, I, just... they do, they do Pokemon Quest. I'm on their wiki. They do Pokemon Quest. Oh, I didn't realize they, um, they did that. Yeah. So I That was, like, that, a weird, it, like, blocky game, right? Yeah, yeah, it was the block, um, uh, mobile-type game. It was 3DS, um, uh, Switch, iOS, and Android. Uh, but yeah, like, I mean, they, they, in 2019, they had three games come out. They had Giga Wrecker Alt, they had Little Town Hero, which both of those games were multi-platform, PS4, Xbox, Windows, and Switch. And then they had Sword and Shield in 2019. Like, they, they had three, three, three games come out. Sword and Shield was the closest and thing we've ever come to open world. That ran very well. We didn't have as many issues as we did. And then, yeah. like, but from 2019 to 22, they haven't had a release besides the DLC for 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 Sword and Shield. So they had their full, uh, let's see, 169 employees, but I'm sure not all 169 are actually devs and artists and whatnot. So let's say maybe 100 developers. I don't really know. I don't know the full breakdown. I'm not going to try to find the breakdown of actually how many people are programmers. Let's say 100 programmers, you split that to 50 each for these games and over three years. And like, they went big and ambitious in both of them. And Arceus ended up working better, unfortunately. And not to say that I think Scarlet's a bad game. I do acknowledge that it does have its problems. But like, as an overall, I think Scarlet is the better game than Arceus. But as a, um, feat of engineering, basically, I think Arceus was more well developed. Yeah, I, I think Arceus took a lot of chances that so far outside of the open world, it doesn't seem that Scarlet and Violet are taking. Mm-hmm. Though, like, I will say, like, it is nice having, like, multiple quests to go do. Like, I like that it's not just Jim, 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 Jim. It's, I can do gyms, I can do Titans, I can do the star thing. So, one thing I wish they would do is add subquests. Because you meet and you run across all these NPCs in this game. And, like... And it, it could be as dumb as, like, hey, I want a, this Pokemon, can you catch it for me? Or, hey, we need this many of the Pokemon items, can you get them for me? Like, they're all going to be fetch quests, obviously. But it, it is, it, it kind of, like, this world is big and open, and there are three major quests to do. And it is a little overwhelming at start of, like, oh my god, what do I do? But then, like, as you go to each town, it really closes up the town give me no reason to talk to these people. Because unless they want to trade with you, that, like, I've only seen one person who wanted to trade with me. And their, their, their icon was in yellow. Otherwise, there's no point in talking to anybody. So it would be nice to see maybe the occasional additional side quest to get more zenny or whatever. Like, yeah, and make them, make them, oh. like, 
a more fleshed out real RPG. <laughs> exactly, because then that would that would help you, Cobb, push to battle wild Pokemon because it would be that hey, I need these Pokemon parts, or give me more of a reason to do the the auto battle. Which the auto battle is great, but it's only great to a, a, after a point. Yeah, I only did Pokemon, it a little bit, and it was not great at the beginning of the game. Your Pokemon has to be at least three levels above the Pokemon they're battling and type advantage for it really to be worthwhile. So that feature right there is really only for the crafting. But as someone like me who doesn't do a lot of TMs, the crafting materials aren't really that useful. So give me a reason to collect these crafting materials. Oh, here's a side quest. I need 16 Psyduck Downs. All right, great. I'll go battle a bunch of Psyducks and get you 16 Psyduck Downs. Like, it just, it would make sense. And like, hey, here's, uh, here's some Zenny. Here's some potions. Here's some Pokeballs. Stuff like that. Just like, add a little bit more of the RPG to the RPG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Rich, out of curiosity, just cause you were mentioning items, did your version of the game come with free Pokeballs? Um, I pre-ordered it. So I have, I have to put in the code still to get it. But like, it came with a hundred free Pokeballs? I don't know. Maybe. I, no, no, not a hundred. I got a hundred. Yeah, maybe the, well, it, technically I got two hundred. Yeah, yeah. The um, the look, did you buy the physical version, Drew? No, I yeah. got I got digital. Did you get Did you get a code for a hundred free Pokeballs? Yep, yep. For each game oh. in the in the dual pack. Yep. Oh yeah, no, it's probably a dual pack thing. That's why. That's um, why I was curious if no. you had gotten it, knowing that you didn't get the dual pack. No, I I didn't get I didn't get that. Yeah, the, the only stipulation is you can't get it until you get to the first Pokemon Center where you unlock Mystery Gift. Oh well, yeah, and that's that's like oh, for the pre-order bonus, which you guys probably also got, unless because you, I'm assuming you pre-ordered it. No, no, I just I bought I it don't the day of video games. I oh, bought it the day of. Um, oh, I I I bought it the day before, like just to uh, uh, pre-install. Um, I got that. That if assuming reviews go up is fair. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't look at if if it's a game that I'm interested in buying, I and it has a preload, I will buy it the day before and preload it. I don't, I'm not going to read reviews. I'm just going to get into it and play it if I'm interested. And I'm talking to, on a general principle, like like yes, if you're going to buy the game, like get the preload. But if it's a game, your people are like, eh, I don't know, don't fucking pre-order the game. No, I mean, that's, well, yeah, and that's, I don't pre-order the game unless I know I want the game, but, like, I, I pre-ordered it, I bought it the day before, literally on Thursday, and I got ten, ten potions, five full heals, three revives, three ethers, one rare candy, and one nugget that I have to put in Render Redemption for the code for. Okay. Because, um, yeah. here's the thing, pre-order bonuses in the United States were fucking balls. That's yeah, the I'm- pre-order bonuses for digital. On Nintendo, the the like GameStop and Best Buy pre-order bonuses were about the same. But then, like if you go to UK and shit, they got like they got the the the, the metal case and shit like that. Like everywhere else got better pre-order bonuses than the United States did with this. Whereas, like I I literally ordered mine on the train train ride home on Friday and picked it up at Best Buy, and mm-hmm. they gave me a hundred free Pokeballs. <laughs> nice. I literally just walked into a GameStop and was like, hey, you got any of these? And they were like, yeah, here you go. Yeah. So I I have started just doing the, um like, online pickup at Best Buy. 
because it's just easier and I don't have to deal with fucking GameStops. Um, or people at Best Buy, for that matter. Yeah, I mean, Sarah needed me to stop at, or had put in an order at the Michaels in Deptford there that's, like, got the GameStop right next to it, basically. And you know what? I have actually had decent experiences at that one, but it's a bitch for me to get to. Like, it's just, unless I'm in that shopping center, I don't go over to that shopping center. Yeah, so I was stopping in that area on my way back from my doctor's appointment, and I was like, I'll just go into the GameStop there. Yeah, meanwhile, like, the easiest one for me to go to is the Audubon one, and that store regularly sucks. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, every once in a while, I've I've gone in there, and, like, the person working there is fine, but most of them are just, like, they suck. Like, Mm -hmm. and and it's the company. It's not necessarily the people, but, like, the way they have to push shit and the way that they just don't fucking listen, like, I just, I don't want to deal with that. I'm just going to order this shit online and go into the store and be like, here's the barcode, scan it, give me my thing, let me leave. I mean, granted, most of the time, anytime I go into a GameStop, it's just for... Funko Pops, but I have not had anything pushed to me. Because you're buying Funko Pops. In, 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 you know, they could still push, like, hey, is there anything you want to pre-order? You want this? No, it's literally, I buy it and leave. I have not had an issue with, like, sale pushing at GameStop in, you know, like, in, I in went the in year the- that I've started going back there. So, like, this was probably actually two years ago at this point, because I haven't been to a GameStop in quite a while either. But I remember the one time, like, like about two years ago, I went in there, I bought something, um, and it was, like, early... It was, like, early fall, and, like, the game I was picking up couldn't have been further away from, like, the type of games that, like, the dude was, like, pushing. I forget what game I got, but he's like, oh, do you want to, like, pre- uh, It was summer, because he asked- he first asked if I wanted to pre-order Madden, and then he asked me- he immediately followed up with, do you want to pre-order, um, Call of Duty? After I said, no, I don't pre-order things. I'm like, dude, at least, like, if you're going to push things, like, look at the game that I'm buying, and be like, hey- there's this other game coming out of a similar type. Would you like to pre-order that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a perfectly fine experience with the woman at the one in Deptford. Yeah, you know what? That one in Deptford, I've actually... The the handful of times I've gone there, usually, like, they're super easy. Like, they do, they do not ask you to do anything. They, like, they get you the product, they ring you up, they let you leave. <laughs> I yeah. did have... I did have one... It actually may have been within the last year. I went to the one in Audubon... And the guy working there was actually legitimately pretty cool. Like, he was a little too chatty, but, like, he wasn't, like, asking me to, like, buy subscriptions or reserve anything. He was just literally excited to talk about video games. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was fine. Like, be excited to talk about the thing you're selling. That is good. Yeah. Do not be a douche about it when I don't want to fucking pre-order things or buy um warranties for my fucking game. Oh, yeah. That, that is the one thing she asked. I was like, really? No, I don't need a warranty on a Switch game. This is going to go into my Switch, and then when I'm done with it, it's going to go back into the case. If it breaks, it's my own fucking fault. <laughs> That's why um, I just buy digital. I buy everything else digital, just not Nintendo stuff. I've, I, every, every, I have not had to uninstall a game off my Switch. <laughs> Still. I have every game I've ever owned on my Switch has, isn't, I believe. I've never uninstalled a game. So every game I've ever had on my Switch is still installed on my Switch. Yeah, I mean, if the GameStop didn't have copies for whatever reason, I would have just bought a digital copy, but it was just easier. Yeah. Um, but is there anything else you guys want to say about Pokemon? No, no. I don't think so. No, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Probably going to put another 25 hours into it this week. And Probably. Yeah. We'll I, see. For, for my gripes about it and for how poorly it runs, like, 
it it is Pokemon. Like I'm going to keep playing it. Like it's not like you said, Rich. I, it's not broken. It's not Cyberpunk. It's not Arkham Knight yeah. on PC. It yeah, is like, totally playable. It's just got some frustration. Yeah, like I don't think I don't I like the frame rate dips. I they don't take at least for me they don't take away the enjoyment of the game because the frame rate it's not an action game. It's an RPG. So the frame rate dipping as I'm running around isn't really going to kill my experience because fucking I'm running around in an RPG. It doesn't matter. So it was actually fucking my game up a little bit um, because it my, like my thing was actually locking up and then I was getting into battles that I didn't want to be in um, because I would kind of like glitch forward a few steps. But like those were the situations where I just closed the game and restarted it and then like it you know, it evened itself out for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, hopefully they, they, they correct some of the issues. I, like, the only other thing that kind of drives me nuts is some of the load time. And it's not like loading into, uh, uh, Mesa Gosa City or, or into the school. It's like throwing my Pokeball and it hitting the Pokemon and loading into a battle. Or, Choosing to switch my Pokemon in battle to a different Pokemon, the amount of time that it takes to switch that out, it, like it's not long, but it's still it's noticeably long. Mm-hmm. And it's like I've caught 144 Pokemon. I switch out Pokemon pretty much every battle when I'm uh, when I'm leveling up and upgrading them or evolving. Like uh, it's it's it is it 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 is a little frustrating. That and there's too many fucking menu options. Like, I'm constantly opening up the map when I wanted to open up the menu, open up the menu when I want to open up the map, going into the Pokedex. Right? Want, like, give me one menu. And you know what you know what they got rid of? They got rid of the set option. The what? So, in every Pokemon game since Red and Blue, you have been able to go in and you've been able to turn off the bit where it asks you if you want to swap Pokemon um, during trainer battles. Not a big deal. A- was yeah. that a thing? Yeah. So it's not like a, it's not like the the end an end of the world thing. It's just wild. That thing has been there since 1996, and they took it out of this game. Has it? Yeah. <laughs> I've played every Pokemon. Never knew that that was an option to where they wouldn't ask me between. Yeah, I used to turn uh, it off because the games were so easy. It made it a little more challenging because then you, if you wanted to swap Pokemon mid battle, you had to take that like that, that risk turn. of like you throwing somebody out and like your opponent just fucking wrecking you the next turn with something. Yeah. I've never, never knew that that was an option. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's gone now. Like again, uh, like not a huge deal. It was just wild that it's a feature that's been around for so long and it's not in it. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. I, uh, I accidentally denied a Pokemon evolving yesterday. Whoops. Because, because the way they ask questions and the way they talk in the game, in those games, I have trained my brain to respond with B instead of A and to move dialogue with B in these games because I don't want to ask A, you sometimes get a 30 minute fucking explanation for something. Well, yeah, like you hit A in, if you keep tapping A in the Pokemon centers, they ask you again and you accidentally have to heal again or it like, so like my brain has been trained hit B and because there's so much, because I like, I caught a Pokemon and some Pokemon leveled up and probably maybe like needed a, uh, a, a was learned a new move. Like so much happened after this battle. 
that like, oh, you caught the Pokemon here, it does, and it does this little Pokedex thing. Whenever you catch the Pokemon, or it adds to the Pokedex. And then it's, oh, this Pokemon wants to learn a new move, and I'm hitting A, and then I'm done, and I'm tapping B again, and it's like, oh, so-and-so wants to evolve, and I'm tapping B, and I'm like, and oh, so-and-so stopped off on, fuck! I was tapping B. Yeah, and I mean, to be fair, like, just beyond that, like, a lot of that stuff just takes a very long time. Like, yeah. transitioning between things is very slow. Anytime there's any sort of, like, quote-unquote cutscene, it hangs for a long time before it moves on or lets you, like, like cycle through the text. Like, when gym leaders are talking, you can't just hit A to, like, finish the text and move on to the next one. It'll hang there for a second before you can hit A to, to make it go on. They It drives me nuts. They ask you, if you're in the shop and you're leaving the shop and you hit B, they ask you, do you want to keep shopping? Or no, do they ask you, do you want to stop shopping? Yeah. And then you have to hit so, yes, or... So you have to hit yes, or you're going to get back in that cycle of, like, trying to leave. And, that's like, again, that's, like, my brain is trained to hit B to leave things. And it, instead of it asking, like, do you want to keep shopping? No. And then leave, it's, do you want to stop shopping? Yes. I'm like, why the fuck are you asking me this? I hit B to leave. Like, stop asking me this. Just, I hit B. That's my mistake, okay? Like, I'll come back into it if I didn't mean to hit B. Don't ask me if I want to stop shopping. Yeah. Uh, but, Rich, do you want to talk about Plague Tale next week? Uh, yeah, I can talk about it next week. All right, cool. We'll put the, I'll put that at the, like, the top of the list, so that'll be the first thing we do. Yeah. Cool. Um, other than that, anything else you guys want to say before we wrap up? Nope. Happy Thanksgiving if you're in the States. Yeah. Well, that Happy, was nice of you. Be, 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 be safe on Black Friday. My Buy a Amazon, nice television my, for yourself. Uh, my, my Amazon wish list will be in the description. <laughs> It'll, it's full of nothing but those um, sparkly butt plugs or whatever those things were. No, yeah. that's 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 on my GoPuff list, okay? Not on my Amazon list. I keep those separate. My mistake. Um, but yeah, so that will do it for this week's episode then. Um, as we decided earlier, um, on December 8th, we'll be talking about the movie Birdies. Which you can find on like Amazon and a bunch of other places. It's for free. What was what was that thing you could watch for free? Tubi. 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 Um, but other than that, if you would like to find more of our content, you can head over to www.one-quest.com. You can also help us by supporting us at Patreon.com/onequest. If you can't support us there with your dollars, though, you can go to your favorite podcast platform: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all these fun places. Rate us, review us, subscribe to us. It all helps. You can also find us on social media, facebook.com slash onequestonline or at one underscore quest on Twitter and Instagram. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash onequestvideo. And you can always send us emails to social at one-quest.com. And then, Rich, you're playing Pokemon for the foreseeable future on stream? Yes. Uh, the rest of this week, the schedule's kind of up in the air. I'll be live on, oh, this is probably still coming out on Thanksgiving. So, uh, I'll be live on Wednesday and then Sunday and Saturday and Sunday. Um, and then next week, back to normal schedule, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, twitch.tv slash b underscore walnuts. Uh, we'll probably be back to Monster Hunter next Tuesday, though. Uh, just on Tuesdays again. Okay. And yeah, with that, we'll be back next week with something else to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.